Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Jordan Grace, and you're listening to the Social Suplex Podcast Network. BWB, this is One Nation Radio. You better get it right. Rich Ladder, James Boyd came to give them life. The blackest wrestling podcast has come to kick all ass and drop it six feet if they kick it trash. Word, let me welcome y'all to something different. And if you dig it, man, you should let some friends listen. We be getting it in this on the regular, dude. Ravish and flow, but this shit rule. See, James don't rap, so I had to break it down. The whole network, man, we coming for the crown. Raps in the columns, I keep them both covered. Making the beats too, so the listeners can bump it. Hit us with the rating, yeah, I'm saying it's a five. Before you hit a talk, bob your head side to side. It's One Nation Radio, and this is the beginning. It's Rich, and I'm here with James. It's time to listen to One this is Mike Sempervivi from WrestlingObserver.com. Check me out on Wrestling Observer Live every day. And also check out your boys, Rich and James, on One Nation Radio. Uh, this is Kenny Omega. We're listening to One Nation Radio. Check it out, guys. These guys know what's up. Big Kenny Omega fans. That's all it counts to me. Goodbye and good night. Thanks. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this week's edition of One Nation Radio. I'm James Boyd. Here with me, I have Rich Lotto. What's going on, man? Not much, man. Just been um, playing this Mortal Kombat 11 um, <laughs> like a big old kid and uh, going back and looking at the timeline and everything. And it's all really interesting, um, you know, seeing uh, how I used to play a lot of Mortal Kombat 2 on Sega when I was a kid and um, um, Mythologies of Sub-Zero and all that stuff. And I was like, yo, I'm like I bought myself an Elgato streaming thing. So I was on Twitch a couple nights ago. Um and I, I went up some of the towers or whatever, and I've been using Katana. I like, like, I love Katana. Um, and like, she's be just beating the shit out of people and, you know, zombie Lou. And of course, she has Lu Kang is a zombie now for those that don't know. Um, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. His, his soul, like, it, it's a long story, but, um, apparently he, you know, it, in this story mode that's coming up, that might change. Like there's going to be something that happens. So I'm very excited to play it out. Um, I don't know when I'm going to do the story, but uh, maybe if you guys want to, you know, watch or something like that, hop into discord. Let me know if you're uh, into something like that. I'll play it on the uh, Twitch live and all that. But besides that, just whooping ass. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Katana, mm-hmm. have you seen Konami since she turned heel? Yes. Okay. Just, just you know, the first thing I saw when I saw her with with the mask and the all black thing, I was like, she looks like she looks like a a female villain in Mortal Kombat. That's the first thing I thought. Um, but anyway, 
we are here to get to uh, Survivor Series and then talk about the Wednesday shows. But first, um, I think this is that- round one versus Gucci Man versus Jesus. Gucci Man versus Jesus. I don't even know what you're talking about. I have no idea what you're talking about. So, so, so Gucci has a song called Round One, which was like the first diss song he ever made to Jesus. I remember this back in the day. And like on the chorus, it's like, this is round one. Of, this is round one of Gucci Man versus Jesus. Dude, <laughs> like, I just remember. And he the started Gucci, the verses with that. I just remember the Gucci Man ver- uh, diss records on Jeezy. I don't, I don't, I don't think I listened to all of them, but I remember the ones that I did hear, and they all sucked. So I, did, I, so I, I don't know. What. I remember one when he threw shots at, at, at uh, the Jigga Man Jay Z too, and I was like, "Yo, this this also stinks. You are barking up the wrong tree, my friend." He's not even gonna respond to you. You're Gucci Mane. Because <laughs> 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 this is like 2009. Because he remember he was like, yeah, fuck Blueprint. Fuck up. No one listens to Blueprint in Atlanta. I was like, hey, maybe so. But this is regionalism. That has nothing to do with whether or not this shit. Is right. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck he's talking about, Gucci. So, any, so anyway, let's let's get to uh, verses. Um, Rich, you watched it. You watched it in a. Uh, you know, in deep conversation with a lot of, um, in a thread with a lot of our homeboys, I happened to miss out. I don't know what I was doing. I was probably watching some stupid fucking Japanese wrestling match from, from the 90s. I don't know what I was doing. Um, so actually, I actually know what it was. I missed, I, I missed it and then it started and I was like, I don't know how to like get back to watch it from the beginning. So I'll watch it later and I just haven't gotten got back to it yet. So that's, that's All actually right. what happened. But so here's the, here's um, the trick code on that. So they are streaming more places than just IG. So right. you can go on YouTube. Someone's got a right. live stream HD with the sound and just just rewind if you're ever late on it again like that. Yeah, yeah. But it was the thing that was like, this was the most any verses that um I remember were like, we were all in our thread with like Kirby and, and Alex and and TJ and and everybody. Like, this is the most I ever heard or I ever seen people conver- conversating in Kendrick while this is all going on. So it was like, fuck, I missed it. Like I could, I could run it right now, but I'm being behind. So I'm missing on conversation. So I'll just avoid all of it. And then I'll get to it when I get to it. And I haven't gotten a chance to, because you know, survivor series, but yeah. Like, what were your overall thoughts on the, on the show? Yeah, man. Um, there were, um, two different battles going on. So like, <laughs> oh, um, like, I feel like as somebody that's not from Atlanta, like, you know, I don't really have much jurisdiction on like, <laughs> you right. know, what, what went down right. and all that. Um, th- there were, there were funny portions of it where, you know, Jesus would give a speech and be like, yeah, this is my song. And then like, th- like y'all seen on the memes, it'd be like, Gucci Man would hop up. This next song is called Fuck You Young Jeezy. Like, <laughs> essentially like, and it's just, they're, uh, like Jeezy came in there dressed like it was 2005. Uh, Gucci came in there wearing. super fresh. Um, it was uh, it was a great night for for the culture, and at the end, it was a beautiful moment when those guys performed so icy. Because who doesn't love so icy? Um, but leading up to that, like yo, musically, this isn't even close. Like, like it's even like. Like Jesus, like uh, Gucci was playing a lot of stuff off mixtapes, a lot of stuff for 
setter, uh, big Gucci Man fans. It, Wait, it was say like, again. Uh, Can you start again? You know, you this is, hold on. You say this is uh, he's playing a lot of stuff on mixtapes. Yeah, he was playing a lot of mixtape stuff, a lot of stuff that you kind of had to be there for. And mm-hmm. uh, I think people wanted Gucci to play uh, some more of the familiar songs. Like he played a few of them, but he was he was in the deep cuts. Jeezy, um, on, on the other hand, he was out yeah. here playing shit off East Atlanta Santa and shit. I guess <laughs> right. Like he he didn't play like Freaky Girl and uh, you know some of the Ooh, hit stuff he did he didn't play really? or whatever. Um, but in it really wasn't the uh, environment for it either, so I can't blame him. But it was it was real aggressive from Gucci. There was like a lot of tension in the air. Uh, he was yelling at Jeezy the whole night, facing him. Jeezy was sitting down, like acting like Gucci wasn't there. And then um, there was a great moment, however, where I think Jeezy got the best of him. Like, uh, and it was the thing I tagged you in uh, on Facebook, but. Oh. Uh, G- Jeezy essentially gives like this, this we are the world speech, like about and, and, and all these, uh, you know, like the, what they're up here for is in dedication to a lot of rappers that have passed away recently. And it's just one thing you got to remember. And then he just gets your mind right. And it was just like, God damn. Like, like I, I see the setup here. Yeah. But, um, the look on Gucci's face looked like his soul shit. died. It was, it was like, it was almost like he was like, "Yeah, bro, you a fucking for playing this. You know I ain't got nothing like this, <laughs> like, bro. That ain't like you cheat. Like we are going song for song, and you are cheating by playing like the best song either of us have ever made. That's unfair. That's the kind of face he made. It was like, hey man, you don't like. Also, I I didn't watch it, but I did hear a lot of this stuff about you know, right? Even rightfully so, Gucci have a lot of you know." Um, negative energy headed towards uh, Jeezy because you know situation yeah. like he said, we smoke we smoking on Pookie Loke tonight. Wow, wow. So like once, but once he played that, it was like yeah, that got yeah. Once he plays that, you realize like what you're here for, and that kind of got whooped out of you real quick. So what yeah. what number was that? Was that like the last track? Or it was, was it not. It was deep into. I'm not sure, but you know what it felt that's like crazy because that's like you, you, you know, know what it felt like to me. It was like all right. These guys are like, obviously, like they're legends or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. This felt like Lennox Lewis versus Mike Tyson in 2002. Oof. Like, for me, right? It may be different for somebody else. There's a lot of, you know, folks that are saying Gucci Man won and all that. But mm-hmm. I would totally, I would totally disagree because, like, you just musically, like, for me, it's not close. But th- these guys are competing for something that neither one of them can, like, take what the other has like Gucci's never gonna be what Jeezy is to like the world right right but Jeezy's never gonna be what Gucci is to Atlanta right and everyone that was in the building with them like and that's just something like it's it's a crazy dynamic like that when you think about it it's like well which one would you rather have like and and Jeezy's so disconnected from like the street now and Gucci's like just as plugged in as ever and you look at the legacy of it is like you wouldn't have called this like you know in 2005 2006 something like that yeah but back what i was saying about the lewis and uh, mike tyson thing it it was like oh man like going into it it's like yo he's he's always mike tyson right and you think he's mike tyson and he's always got something like oh he's mike tyson but then like you actually see it and it's like Lennox Lewis is way too big. He's got way, 
way too much skill and it's like these Jeezy songs like they're so well produced like they're so like just polished and and Gucci was playing muck I felt like Mm -hmm. you know in comparison and it was just like eventually I felt like he just knocked Gucci out like with dope songs like and you know some some folks may disagree you know but go back and watch it man like it's for me it's not particularly in and i think they both had missteps selection wise which Mm. for gucci or for for jeezy it should have been like way easier than he made it Mm -hmm. um but you know sometimes artists they don't recognize what their best stuff is but um yeah it felt like you know a lot of people like gucci's the underdog here and Mm -hmm. he played into it and i think you know if you're a gucci man fan gucci man won I'm a Gucci man. If, fan if you're too. Gucci, look, 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 no, 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 no. If Gucci is your guy, and, oh, and look, okay. because most times, and fair most times, enough, like with this Jeezy and Gucci man thing, you are there are two camps, two labels. I might add. Okay. Um, and if you, you know, you've seen the memes like that are going around. If you are a Gucci man fan, this is what you know you may be on, or your level oh. of intelligence, all that stuff. And if you're a Jeezy person, like these are two separate guys or whatever. Which is crazy because like we're we're still talking about cheesy. We're not we're not we're not necessarily <laughs> talking about Lupe Fiasco here, right? Like where you need a fucking Dakota ring to figure out these lyrics. Like you know. we, we are talking about somebody that back in two thousand five, I quite frankly like thought this was a war on rap. I was like, I can't. This is too this is too simplistic. Look, this, like the Jeezy, beats are incredible, but no, nah, I can't get down with this. He's ridiculous Jeezy, and it wonder- wore me down. One of the first songs I ever heard Jeezy rap on, right? Uh-huh. A song called Air Forces. James, you may be familiar <laughs> with this song. Oh, yes. Uh, the audience, you not. Yeah. So the first two bars, everybody already knows Jeezy a real street nigga. Whenever you see me out, I'm a real street nigga. Like, what? Like, <laughs> So this is not well, like you know. There's also you know they say we country niggas. He, he, he are uh, <laughs> way back and forth like a seen song. Like yes, they ain't never seen what we saw. Yeah, you ain't never seen what we saw. We were we were I was like, yeah, I'm I, like, I can't believe. I, I just couldn't believe it, and like it wore me down over time. And by like you know after a year, I was just like, hey man, I give up. Like this, this shit's too hot. <laughs> And I just gave up, but yeah, I, I get, I get it, I get it. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna check it it's out. Like eventually. You, it's like it's like you're not telling no no Jay Z fan that Nas beat him, and you're not telling no Nas fan that Nas lost or whatever. Yeah, I get you, I get you. It's the same dynamic. Yeah, I get it. But I mean, I think the thing that's gonna be hard is because when it comes to these verses battles for rap. Not I'm not even gonna I'm not even gonna include the R and B sections that you know um that 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 have been included. Like there's a lot at place when like you were there in time and you were there like as a person that was following like that region and um like just following the landscape of rap at that time. Like Jeezy historically to rap is a first ballot hip hop hall of famer coming out of the South region. Right. Um, and Gucci just does not have that on the national. If there was a quote unquote national rap hall of fame, I don't necessarily think he has that. Um, mm-hmm. 
if we're just talking about music, if we're talking about, you know, influence people he's put on, like the legacy of people like D'Amigos or whatever else. He, he's got a lot of buffering statistics. Like, right. He has a lot of, feel, uh, right. Right. He has a lot of filler stuff that like would make him a non-traditional candidate. Like he would be like an NBA hall of fame. Like the person that's like, uh, like a college player of the year that gets, you know, like, you know, uses that to kind of, you know, buffer them to boost their international. Their or, stuff right. Like, like that. A, yeah. Like, a, um, like a Tony Parker or Manu Ginobili. Right. Absolutely. Or Yao Ming. Um, so there's a lot of added on stuff. And then like, you also look at like, you know, this the city and like i i mean this is what we're talking about like with um you're talking about like if you're for gucci you think gucci won and like i don't think there's anybody from the cobb county that really comes out here thinking like or jeezy beat him i just don't and um, the, the whole thing was like gucci was pushing attention all night he was doing all the diss songs to him right. he was talking all the shit he was right. clowning like right <clears throat> he was performing Yes, like he like the stuff that the stuff that doesn't involve the actual pressing of the 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 play button. The play button, yeah, is yeah. Like from what I tell, like Jeezy was definitely there, and then like you also throw in like what you mentioned that Titian, and then Titian is like, yeah, you sent somebody, you pay somebody to come kill me, you put a price on my head. I shot that person dead, and I did time for it. And I came back, and like we are close fifteen years removed from that. And we're talking about Breaking Bad, and you also know Gucci is like, I think he's medically diagnosed with bipolar. Mm-hmm. So it's like it's also that at play to where like he'll go off, the, he'll just come off the top turnbuckle because it's like one, you tried to fucking kill me, and two, um, like I have I have um mental health issues as well. So it's like all of that is at play. They're they were in Magic City, right? Yeah. Which is like, Jesus, COVID. Like, <clears throat> so, like, that's also at play. And everybody knows the stuff that's there. Everybody knows, like, you know, um, this, you know, since Gucci's gotten out, like, his career is looked at a lot more fondly in retrospect of his, the totality of his career. Like, it's, it's a lot of stuff at play for why people that are sitting there in Magic City, probably spreading COVID, are feeling one way while everybody else is tuning in, you know, as you know, at, from satellites beaming into the sky and coming down around the rest of the country, and just like, nah, bro, y'all homeboy, you get y'all, y'all little buddy getting washed. I, I absolutely, <laughs> I, I absolutely see the like the differences of why, um, what people feel nationwide because like, I, it's going, Jesus is going to be one of those, you know, ten. Oh hell! Now to you know, ten years from now, we're like you're gonna have to explain to people that are to the young kids like you had you just had to be there. You had to be there for that era, for what the fuck was going down, what the stuff he was making, what the like what the contemporary sound was for for the rest of rap, what it sounds like now, and the influence coming out of his ear for beats, and at that time, what that meant for like. People that came after that, meaning like Ross, how G, how you know Ti changed uh, his beat selection at times. Um, Drummer Boy uh, come around, then like you know, then from there after Drummer Boy, then you get the Lex Luger stuff, then you have basically everybody with the triplets and hi hats and all that kind of stuff. Like he is, you don't get to where we are with rap music, period, without 
literally Jesus' ear for picking beats with, with Shorty Red and um, Mr. Collie Park and whoever whoever else like Jazzy Faye, all those people that that contributed to those first Manny few first. albums. Yep. Manny first as well, yeah. So it's it's Toomp as well. So like it's a it's to me, to me, I'm just like I don't see, I don't, I get it, y'all. They're Mad City, but nah, nah, just no, just just no. I got a, uh, I got goosebumps when they uh, started performing so icy together, and it was just like, man, this could have went real bad, you know. And then it has been real bad for a long time. And there's an element of, yeah, maybe they they hammed it up on the night for the tension. They were always knew they were gonna do this so icy at the end, but I don't think that changes. Um, how everybody felt in that moment just because like so icy's like it just makes you smile like it just does like i can't i can't imagine so icy coming on wherever you at and it not ringing off like <laughs> yeah um yeah like i mean at this point now because i never thought that Gucci man would have been on a versus um but I don't know where they go with it from now. Like, this is like, this is the first episode of the season two, whatever uh, it is. So, okay. like, this is, you know, they. I'm sure they've got a bunch of stuff up their sleeve. Well, yeah, that's what I'm getting. Is like now, I never would have, I never would have thought they would even reached out to Jay Z for this. But obviously, this is a thing where, like, you know, uh, the Ti situation or whatever else, or whatever happened with that, that got changed. So um, now, given that they went super regional. I wonder where they go next. Like, I'm not saying... Hmm, how do I say this? I don't think it would be appropriate, but, like, would they do something like, I don't know, Hypnotize versus, like, 8-Ball and MJG or something like that? Would they mm-hmm. do, I don't know, Trick Daddy versus versus Ross? Or they already did Ross. Uh, I'll come with someone, someone else from Miami. I don't know. Uh I'm blanking right now, but so I I got like this feeling like what the, what the East coast equivalent to Jeezy and Gucci would be aside from, you know, the, the murder attempt and all that, (laughs) but maybe, you know, just the beef It's 50 cent Cameron. Like, you know what? I was thinking like Mason Cameron, but yeah. Yeah. It's it's 50 and Cameron 50 being Jeezy and Cam being Gucci. The down to the style down to the beats uh, except the beats are flipped, kind of. I don't know. Like, 50 had a lot of dope beats, too, but... Uh, I, I, I would leave the production selection out of it, but I get what you're saying. Yeah. Like, like this I, person is um, this person more or less, like, blew up huge, ha- has a classic, and then more or less, like, left in transition out of the game into something else where, like, one other person just stayed around. Yeah. Not 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 in a bad way, but, like, they just... That's, like, <laughs> that's not what they really were looking for. They were, like, they loved to hustle. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think I would like to see that. I'd like to see and just for all the shit talking too. Yeah. Like I don't know if Cam is as funny as he once was, but um yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I want I mean, I would like to see some burrow beef. Like I mean like, you know, like intra intra burrow, like 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 yeah, like what y'all Harlem dudes got? Like what's up what's up? You know, or what's going on in Brooklyn? Like that that'd be cool. Um yeah. I'm trying they're to talking about they're, they they're talking like, about game they're talking about game in 50 right now though. I don't know if that's even 
That's that's his scene. I mean, obviously, you know that plays off the same thing with like like. Are we just gonna all go back to like oh like mid two thousands beef? Yeah, right. All right. right. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I can see it because like game has a lot more stuff people remember. Um, but ultimately, I think fifty just just beats him just based off of you know the the overwhelming uh, smash success that uh, Get Rich or Die Trying was, and like the the, the at least the um, mass appeal of what of what that was at the time, where like Fifty was just so on fire in 03 So it was like um, O two to into O three. So whereas like I think that overshadows anything that the game ever really did, and no one and most people would just won't, won't ever just you know um move off of that or, or look anything different. Because I mean, and also it's like. A lot of the best game stuff is like four hundred, you know, multiple hundred three hundred bars. On, yeah, where he's just <laughs> jumping on Gina's head. So it's like it's not even necessarily like what are you gonna do solo. I mean, you, got, you can run one blood and in the light, but you know what? You know, it doesn't. It, it doesn't rough because because you can't you you can't really play the songs that got fifty on them with you. Right. Ooh, good point. Very good point. Very good point. And also, it's like fifty is one of those people that's like. He's petty and like petty to be like, oh, that's my record. You know, I get that, I, like, I, he know. doesn't want to stay on stage with that dude. No, he don't do that. Like we'll he don't see. want to do. There are people are asking about the G Unit um reunion tour, like similar to like the you know the Bad Boy twentieth and or twenty fifth anniversary thing they did a couple years back. He was like, nah, never, never do that. And it's like, yo, that was like the best time of your career. That's when you like you can go on the tour and make a ton of nostalgia money uh, with with that. You don't want to do that, all right? Yeah, yeah. I think Young Buck doing bad right now. So um, him and Banks don't speak really. Yeah, it's a all rough bad. situation there. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's amazing how like every relationship Fifty Cent ever has. Like, like it always ends poorly. It's almost as if like he's an asshole. <laughs> Just a thought. <laughs> But yeah, um, Gucci, Gucci Man versus Jesus. Gucci Man versus Jesus. So, uh, if there are any Gucci Man fans, y'all got some stuff y'all want to suggest to me. I, I'm, I'm willing to, to, to try to take a listen to see, see what I missed through, through all this time. But, um, yeah, you know. Um, yeah, so I guess we go to wrestling now. Um, well, actually, no, let, let's do this. NBA free agency. Oh, oh. Oh, NBA free agency. Y'all think I'm bad with this with this <sighs> Daniel Bryan conspiracy theory? Whoa, oh, I wasn't even thinking about that part. I just thought about like highlighting like where some people have, you know, faces and, and places and you know landscape of the league. Um, yeah, man. Like, given to me, I'm looking at the West and I don't know if the West is as deep up top as it was the last couple years. Um, yeah, like, like... I feel like there's only two teams that can win yeah. the title out the West. Yeah, the East has, like, slowly been getting better, even with losing Kawhi. Mm-hmm. Um, after, after that, is it like, if you look at last, or not last year, but the year before that, it was like, man, both, all four of those teams in the conference finals, like, could have went either way and anybody could have kind of got out. Cause you remember the Sixers lost, you know, on, on a game seven. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, 
after what and, Kawhi shot hit, hit, went in and out what twice or three times. Yeah, it like yeah. bounced in the air off the rim and you know all that stuff. And then you look back on it, it was like the Bucks and Celtics then, and you know, so like I think they've you know I feel like once you got four teams that are kind of battling it out and. Mm-hmm anybody can beat anybody that's when you're in a really good place once you're at like two like the west is like now it's like oh okay it's a little light right now yeah i mean like the blazers the blazers signed a shit ton of people and their team has a lot of talented people but and and like they're gonna shoot the lights out or they're gonna put tons of points on the board just like they still have the same issue they had last year they can't defend a soul so it's like i'm not taking them serious if they can't defend um, no offense, like, they're gonna be a blast to watch, and I can see them possibly being the two seed, but by just overwhelming teams and travel and everything, and the amount of depth they have, but they gotta defend eventually, and they ain't got it. Um, so I'm, you know, for me, I think, like, you know, they're probably gonna be the three seed, I probably think be three seed, but I just, I'm still coming back to Lakers Clippers. Like, I understand, um, the Montrez Herald thing is is funny and whatnot, and it's very spiteful. It's very, it's very, very spiteful. But I think them getting Serge Ibaka and actually being able to scale up and down with with Zubac and like not just be like, oh yeah, Harold's out there and trying. To, good luck with with Jokic. Like, I, I feel like their team makes more sense. Um, like traditionally, and then like you can rely on Marcus Morris to you know fill that void that like Harold left at, at times with if they want to go small. So um I think I like I the, still think they're too small. They're still missing they're probably a big short, but it's like that only really becomes a problem if you run into you know, one of the better teams or one you know, if you run into the Nuggets, that's gonna be an issue. Um if you run into um the Lakers, it's an issue, but it's also going to be an issue with any team if your two best players score no points in the second half of Game Seven. So it's like, <laughs> I, you know, it's like, yes, those are all issues, but also like, I don't think that Kawhi Leonard is going to score zero points in the second half of a Game Seven ever again. I, I'm just going to bet on that. So it's like, I, I think that you know, they were stuck between the the old guard of. You know, Montrez and Shamit and, um, and Lou Will and, you know, this, the, the overachieving team they had a couple years ago. And then, like, it's like, nah, low management. We got stars. We ain't worried about that. Like, I feel like now that they're, instead of trying to be both at the same time, they're just worried on being like low management, win the fucking playoffs. So, like, I feel like they know their identity. They're not having people, like, everybody's all in one direction now. So, and also, like, all of them got embarrassed last year. So it was also, like, you don't want to go out like punks. So um, I feel like now they all have a goal of, like, look, we all we all have something to prove here. Yeah, I, clip, clip is going to clip. Like, that, that's, that's, what, that's what it comes down to it's a, it's at the Lakers, end of the day. Lakers fans, it's one of the weirdest rivalries ever, bro. Like, yeah, I've never seen I a promise rivalry. you it's not a rivalry. That's my point. But y'all so just <laughs> for them dudes and it's like That's what, what I'm saying, because it's like No well, let me get my point. The Lakers fans are so dismissive of the Clippers that even when the Clippers do anything, it, even like y'all just it 
bothers y'all that they even like are trying y'all just want them to suck forever and not even try it is like damn bro like that's it was kind of better works. off that way because because that they was kind of cute when they did that <laughs> you know the the baby clippers the you know the joints on oh, the head and, and uh, yeah Miles. you know you know it, the the mid 2000s clip with baron davis that, that was kind of cool actually but like you know, but all what, this live but, but this city shit. But the change oh, was Chris man. Paul was not allowed to come become a Laker. That's what the change yeah, was. Yeah, you know, I, okay, I I didn't like enough. that. Fair enough. Yeah, fair I didn't enough. I didn't like, I didn't like them trying to trying to cover up the 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 um the banners and all that. Like, nah, man. Like you 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 know what it is. Like, go y'all need to go ahead and get your own building, which they gonna do. It. But even though even then, that's on the grounds of you know, yeah, old building. That's, that's our that's our hood kind of you know that's still like yeah yeah I get so you. um but yeah like ain't nobody think about no clippers <laughs> like that that's why it was so funny when they, when they lost <laughs> it's funny it's hilarious uh-huh. man but yeah i mean i guess we i, guess, I mean i can we talk about the lakers yeah we can, can, can we talk about the lakers yo um yo they Rob have a, yeah they have an answer for seemingly everything. Like the only thing that I think could screw them, because I think even Marcus Morris is coming or Marquise Morris is coming back. So it's like, yeah, I thought that when you can trot out, was probably the starting line was probably be like, uh, Schroeder, uh, probably West Matthews, um, LeBron, Anthony Davis, Marcus All, and then off the bench comes Caruso. KCP, who was a starter on last year's team and made a ton of big shots at the end, um, Kuzma, and Morris, and, 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 and Marquise Morris, and Montrez, Montrez Harold is like they're and also like we're probably going to play the, uh, the the rookie y'all had last year, uh, Thorn Tug, light skin dude that uh, that, was yeah. on, that was playing in the Rocket series pretty well. Like yeah. he might get a little burn. Well. People love him. Like, the the way they were, the, like, you know how it is when it comes to some rookie or whatever else, and, like, he plays in games, and, like, the whole entire team's super happy for him. And, like, they think that dude is going to be good. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, and the people also, like, talk about, like, you know, he was a sleeper in the draft, and look at his wingspan. So he might actually be a valuable uh, contributor. Or, or I don't know if you've seen what he's really. built like. Like, he's built, like, so hilarious. Yeah, he's he built, looks- yeah, he looks, he looks, uh, I don't want to say awkward, He but, like, why are your arms so goddamn long? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And you got like it's like Eric Gordon with like super long arms. That's a good point. Yeah, because it's like <laughs> Eric Gordon's one of them dudes. Is like he's bigger than you think he is because he's not like chiseled. But then like, when he was in his prime, and it's like, but he'll all he also has all that weight, and he'll bang on you. It's like, yeah, yeah, I get, I get exactly what you mean. Um, but yeah, like that <clears throat> team has an answer for. Ver- I mean, obviously when you have LeBron and AD, you got a lot of an- damn answers anyway. But it's like you want to go small. They have the best four five small combination ever. <laughs> if they want to go big, like I was talking to you off air. Uh, like does LeBron is like the three four five of LeBron, AD, and Marcus? Is that the most sk- skilled three four five front court ever in NBA history? And like. Like really, the only conversation, I, the only thing I'd come up, it was like the '86 Celtics. Yeah, and the only thing I could really think of was like the 2014 Spurs or 2013 Spurs, like with Diaw and there, like maybe Diaw and Gasol at this point in his career are comparable. But 
Um, it, it's, it's, I, I think this is, has a chance to be one of the better Laker teams ever. Um, like if this, if this was a normal schedule, like, yeah, this would be, this, this looks like, if this was a normal schedule, this would look like, you know, 60, 66-ish type wins, a huge, uh, win differential. And I mean, think about it. They went 16 and 5 in the playoffs. Like, they could, they could have, have a, they could potentially, if they stay healthy, relatively healthy, they could do better than that. Yeah. Uh, so, we lost a little yeah. athleticism, a little toughness, I think, but. Think so? Yeah. yeah athleticism? Cause, cause, yeah, because Dwight was still very athletic for That's true. um you know I guess what he was I'm, doing. I guess I'm more thinking of like Schroeder or is more athletic than Rondo, so I thought it was okay. I get yeah. you. I get you. I get you. Um <clears throat> But you also are a lot it, more it, skilled. You're so much more skilled. So much it, more skilled. It, it's amazing um what what clutch sports has been <laughs> able to do. Um You ain't to, you you're not gonna give a shout out to Polinko and Bro, you ain't seen I, the waves. I mean, I mean, Rob, look, <laughs> Rob is is doing what Rob does. Like, I believe in Rob Palenka. I, you know, if, if he was good enough for Kobe, he's good enough for me. So, okay. Um, however, there there's an agenda at play here, and I'm shocked that this is just allowed to slide. Um, you know, this this player in the middle of his career. Has started a sports agency to funnel people toward him and circumvent the salary cap. But that's not to true. Make, look to make people take less money. Like, what is Montrez Harold doing playing for nine point five million dollars next year? Have you heard what his actual market was? I have not. Okay, so there are two. Pl- there are two things at play. Uh, one. There's like one school of camp where people say that he had sixty million dollar offers. Then that another, makes sense, right? Then there's another camp that says he couldn't find anything that he actually wanted, and so he signed this one and one so that he could play. He could re, re um, given how bad it was. Because remember, like it was he's mentally shot. He was out of shape with the bubble situation, um, like the. So, like, his grandmother died, and his grandmother's first person that, like, got him into basketball or whatever. So, it was a big emotional thing. He hated playing, or not hated, but, like, he had, like, we talked about with the issues with the Clippers. Like, he he, he had issues with Kawhi and, and Paul George, especially Paul George. And, like, he was like, fuck it, I'm going to go bet on myself and do this, and then once I get this yeah. off me, then I'll go get, I'll go cash out. So, it's like... If there were sixty million dollar deals, I would like to know where they're from because it's like I guarantee there was nowhere he actually really wanted to play. Like imagine, imagine like you starting to leave in L.A. and then like, oh yeah, you got to go to Charlotte with Gordon, Gordon Hayward. Like I wouldn't want to do that. Uh, like so, it's I get just, it. I get it. It's mighty funny how how you know these dudes like take these one year deals or whatever. These dudes on all on clutch, mind you, KCP him. AD to basically so they can get their bird rights absorbed by the franchise and then like get back to free agency quicker and then just re-sign it and who ends up benefiting from all this? LeBron. That 
it feels illegal. <laughs> it feels like there's a rule to be made on this. What would be the rule? Like, if your homeboys have a sports agency, you're not allowed to... The players that are also signed aren't allowed to be on here. Like, I don't know how that would even work. Right. It feels like they're going to invent something. Just like how, you know, they they um always update white supremacy. Like, it feels like the NBA is going to go ahead and, and update something. I don't know. It just feels funny. Like, when you see these dudes, like... You know, like, what are you doing here on this contract? I mean, there's also a situation where, like, not everybody in clutch is actually a Laker. Like, right. Tristan Thompson is a Celtic, fuck's sake. Right, um, but at the same time, Tristan Thompson w- was was basically held at gunpoint to, to get a contract before that he damn sure shouldn't have been touching at, at that time. Like, well, was he? Like LeBron was out here, like I ain't gonna resign until y'all y'all no, sign this dude and, and you, all but this. That's, but but that's the leverage that like any superstar could have exerted on their end. Just LeBron did it as well. It's like you don't think Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving or Giannis right now. You don't think Giannis right now, who has a sign that extension, is sitting there that they would love for him to sign. You don't think that they that uh, the Bucks didn't trade three fucking first round draft picks for Drew Holiday. Uh, you don't think that had anything to do with him just saying, all right, we'll see what you do this offseason if I sign this decision or not. Like, everybody uses their leverage in that way. I understand LeBron has done it more than anyone else. I get that. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's it's noticeable. Yeah. <laughs> it is. It is. It absolutely is. Um, I, but I don't know how you curb it. Right. Um. I think they, they tried to do their thing, like, and they put it in place where, you know, you had to have a college degree and all that. That, that was never going to fly because Clutch is already too deep in the game. But, um, you know, you start thinking about Clutch and then you start thinking about, uh, Rock Nation and, you know, the, the two labels, you know, mm-hmm. um, and, and also the part you know, where, like, you have a college degree is like, oh, that's also, that's just racist. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you have, to, oh, so you have to get, so you have to get, you have to get a piece of paper. To tell you that you can age at somebody since when? Where else in entertainment is that true? Yeah, yeah, it's um, it, it's gonna be interesting because like there's gonna be a lot of characters start coming into play, like James Harden and Giannis, uh, and we gonna see where they end up because this AD thing. If he's waiting on on Giannis, like there's like. You know, possibly some next summer to, that says Giannis may may become a Laker too, and that to me that just feels really weird because it's like, all right, like how much help y'all need? Like, God damn! Like, <laughs> I don't think that's actually going to happen. I think that's something to, to you know drum up interest in the league, but I don't really think like that those machinations would ever happen. Actually, I mean, but then again, it's like I didn't think that Kevin Durant was going to be a fucking warrior, and that happened too. So um, I get what you're saying, but like, I think I'm, I'm still more or less like, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I, I need to see it to actually believe that whatever happened. Um, I, quite frankly, if this if this fucking Bogdanovich deal goes through, I think he signs the extension. Like they would have won the East this year, but they basically t- fucked up. They fucked up their. Like if they lose Giannis because of because they could not get a sign and trade for Bogdan Bogdanovich, I am going to that would be most some of the most incompetent shit ever. Um, like it. Okay, so I thought you know if they had got Drew Holiday, had Bogdanovich, and you throw out as a starting lineup of Holiday, 
knock on wood, he's been healthy. Bogdanovich, Middleton, Giannis, Brooke Lopez. That's a hell of a starting five. Um, they don't, they're not going to have that, but I still think they're better because they have Drew Bledsoe instead of Eric Bledsoe. I'm sorry, uh, they have Drew Holiday instead of Eric Bledsoe. So, um, they're still a threat to win the East, even, you know, accounting for whatever this, um, this Nets things will look like. Like, I, I still need to see the Nets play defense, but, um, it's going to be fun. It's going to be really fun. And, like, you know, injuries are going to come into play. Like, I don't think that the, uh, the, yeah. the Lakers yeah, are so far ahead that injuries are just going to, um, like their margin of error is like, oh, no one get or they can get sustain injuries and still just walk. I don't think that at all. Yeah, Clay Thompson uh, going yeah. down with the Achilles, very yeah. saddening. One of my favorite players in the league. Um, really wanted to see the Warriors get back together and compete, yeah. and we ain't gonna get that ever anymore. Like I think it's it's a wrap. You think it's done? I think it's a wrap, man. Like. I mean, Clay's not the guy that you know relied on explosive athleticism before. However, he's always, always running. He was always running, he, and and the space he did create, you know, he had that top flight body to do so. Yeah. So and, gonna be know, a little bit slower, a little bit older, and yeah. And you worry about his, you worry about his defense in the future too. Like that yeah. dude was that's one of the best defenders of this generation, and that might be done now. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I, he, I didn't, he, yeah. He might just be, you know, out there like like Novak pretty soon. Oh man! I mean, he could pl- probably play in the league as long as he wants because you know oh, he can yeah, shoot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You so he'll be he could play till he's fifty if he wanted to get with that kind of fucking jumper. But yeah, um, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. That does stink. I, I didn't really thought about that. Out there, sorry, man, gonna be a turnstile out there. <laughs> Maybe. Hopefully, he comes back. <laughs> um, you know, like they pick Wiseman. This made sense. Like that's for fit. I don't know how good he actually is. Just like we don't know how good anybody is for this draft. Quite frankly, um, but so Lamelo, it's a fit. Yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, but it's a fit situation. And if he turns out to be better than Kevon Looney and can you know add more things, and like that could that could buoy them. Um, as you know, the, their top three gets old, um, or older. So. Um, I'm not. I'm not willing to. I, I don't. I'm. I don't. I think you're a little. Let's for instance. I don't want to write them off yet. I'm gonna say it like that. I don't want to write them off yet. Maybe they. Maybe I should just as just as a, um, just using my brain. But I don't like. They was around for so long. They was so good for so long. I don't want to write them off yet. Like I want to see Steph and and Clay and Draymond get another run at this. Um. And then we'll see. So, like, you know, I guess twenty twenty one is when we'll actually see if they actually are really done. It's like, are they the real Spurs? Like, because it's like everything on NBA history tells me this is this is finished. Right. Like, but right. maybe they're the Spurs. We're gonna see. Yeah, and it's like they still have that massive advantage when it comes to shooting. And it's like, I, I get, I, I, I need to see them. I need to see them put in the coffin first. I need to see them healthy and get beat first before I do that. And obviously it's like, well, if they keep getting hurt, that's it's a wrap there and that's kind of where they are now. But like, I want to see them be healthy and then get beat first before I write them off. That's kind of where I am on that. Um, mm. Besides, you know, whatever the fuck 2016 was, that's just... 
<laughs> I still can't believe they lost that fucking series. But but yeah, um, that's kind of where I'm on it. A scam, a work, a screw job, a screw you know. job, <laughs> a screw job. So, um. I'm trying to think of anything else out of uh, free agency. I mean, you want to talk about Gordon Hayward? Oh, I guess yes. Yeah, so we can tie it in with Lamelo. Oh my god, I think I'm gonna get in trouble on, on air. Um, on air? I'm, I, okay, so this had a, had a had a bleeper ready, but oh lord, um, <sighs> you gonna make this show super long to edit? <laughs> <laughs> I will try. I will try to do my best. Okay, Gordon Hayward. Signed a four-year, one hundred twenty million dollar contract. Yep, get your money. Yep. No problem with, in theory, a player getting their money, mm-hmm. right? But why this player? Why this How guy off this broke this thirty to thirty-one year old? I'm yeah, not sure how old right. he that is. Sounds about right. But I remember. He was college age as I was, you know, around the end of what college age is. I believe he came out as a sophomore, if I'm not mistaken. Maybe a junior. However, Gordon Hayward has not been the same since he broke his leg slash ankle. Mm-hmm. Gordon Hayward was in his locker room with all these dudes that played his position, like Jason Tatum, like Jalen Brown, that were all better than him. This feels like part two of a Chandler Parsons ass contract. Gordon Williams does not get this. Gordon Johnson does not get this. Mike feels like he has to pay for a free agent. Mike may be catering to demographics here, trying to get people whenever they're allowed to show up here and have a, have a familiar face. You know, to, to, to see, even though, you know, they don't know him from Adam, but y'all know what I'm talking about. Um, oh, you know about all the NBA, uh, fan favorites on teams. Like, yeah, man. <laughs> being a meme, Birdman in Miami. Yeah, we, we know my, our shit, uh, your, the boy Delhi and, and why does LeBron always have a, 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 a man, a white man mascot? It's not, it's not, he's doing this on purpose. Look, it happens. Look, Jordan had one. Oh, the the o the one Lakers had one. Madsen. Mark Madsen. Yep. Yep. Um, and they're like no crowd favorites. Yeah. So Gordon Hayward has turned one single Western Conference All Star appearance into all this lifetime NBA money. I just want to know how how it keeps happening, James. How how does he do this? Well, you said a Western Conference All Star. Uh, he left when he was like 27. He's entering his prime. Okay, I don't think you have an issue with the money with the deal he signed in in Boston, right? No, none. Okay, so I don't either. Because at that time, you you signed the 27 year old All Star right. right. that's coming off that's healthy that right. has had no you history, know right. no, no history of anything right. Like you do that right. I but think, this, I think the thing is, well, one. Let's not necessarily kill Jordan in the way that I, th- I thought that we should have um, before I found this out. There was a market for him in this range. They weren't the only team that was willing to get go four years, hundred million dollars for him. Like that's were- part of the problem. <laughs> like, hold on, there's more than one dumb team. Like right. what? Right. <laughs> um, and 
okay, so the, I think the thing mostly is, I think people look at it as if he hadn't have turned his ankle, um, and when he played, he was averaging like 17 points a game, he was a good facilitator, and he was fitting with these with these guys that, you know, when he wasn't playing, they were pissed off that he didn't thought he was better, but like, once he started playing, it changed, and they were a good-ass team, he's also a good defender, and then he got hurt again, and then like, the playoffs happened, and then like, yeah, I remember, like, when they were down, when they went down 0-2 to the Heat, when they lost those two games they shouldn't have lost, like, it was looking like, hey, bro, like, can he play on that ankle? Can he play? And he came back, and he couldn't do much because he was still hurt. So I think a lot of that comes down to, you know, we saw it in the bubble. It ended ugly, right? It ended ugly. And you look at that, con- or that um the last year, and that player option he had, they were like, oh, he's taking that. And then I remember, like, right after the finals ended, uh, Rosillo was on the ringer, I was on a Ringer podcast. I think it was his podcast. It was like, he may opt out. And once you hear these may opt out, it means you already know that he realized, he feels like there's a market for him to where he can get maybe not $34 million a year, but multiple years at big money. And it happened to be there. Like, my thing is, I don't get, if he was healthy, go ahead. But, He's been hurt so often that I, I don't understand how you give that dude that money that money when he's basically on either he's on the wrong side of thirty or he will soon be thirty. And I just like, want to know how do you look at West look at Russell Westbrook talk about how he has the worst contract or or, or even a Chris Paul how or not Chris Paul anymore after the, the Thunder season but like the last season last off season. Chris Paul has his untradeable worst contract because he has multiple years for $40 million. Look at Westbrook this summer, or fall, winter, and say, that's a terrible contract. Look at, he's on the wrong side of 30. Look at all the knee injuries he's had. And then come to, like, Gordon Hayward and say, because they're making here. $10 million less <laughs> here, is like, I get that you can move, um... You can play with Hayward off the ball in a way that you can't really do with Westbrook. However, it's Russell Westbrook, and that's, good. <laughs> that's Gordon Hayward. Gordon Hayward. Russell Westbrook is going to be a Hall of Famer. Like right. fuck out of here. Like right. like like like. Where is this injury forgiveness for Demarcus Cousins? Like oh. like why is he why is he hanging around on minimum deals? I know he just signed with the Rockets, but oh, he, I, I think they that. give him. They, he just signed today with oh, the Rockets. Oh, because oh, let's be fair. Like. Cousins has even worse history injury history injury than um or injury history than Hayward. That man yeah. tore an Achilles. That man tore a that man tore ACL. That man tore a quad in the finals. And then last year he got hurt. How do you get hurt? I don't even remember how he got hurt last year. In a workout. Like what happened to him though? Was I it think ACL? He got a, I think he got Achilles. I think. I thought that Achilles. Was no, no, was ACL. It, uh, it was ACL. Sorry. Yeah, like he has. And also, like, you know, when it comes to big guys, it's always, you had lower, you had below the hip, you had lower extremity injuries, and you weigh 280 pounds. I, I get why, I get why people are scared. Of and also, the league has changed, where, like, they don't want to pay big man at all in, until Anthony Davis eats a motherfucker up, and then they want to pay a motherfucker. So, I, I, I so, you know, I, I, I get it. I think it's overstated, but I was talking to, uh, my brother Daniel about it. It's like, yeah. Mark's not going to be a Mark, is never going to be a max player again unless he like plays a full entire season where he's healthy and he looks like DeMarcus Cousins. 
And when's the last time he fucking seen that? 2017? So, so like, yeah. back to Hayward, I, 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 once I, I, I was with you until I heard there was a mark for him. It's like, well, shit, if, if that's the price, if, if idiots want a lot to pay him, what's supposed to turn down the money? Y'all all idiots. Yeah. He's always like, hurt. You know, he's you know, if he was on clutch, he turned down the money. <laughs> you know, he would sign a $9 million deal, you know. Uh, um, but what I will say is because there was also talk of signing trades because he really wanted to go back to, to the pay or go to, back to Indiana. So the Pacers, he wanted to sign and trade, but over to, you know, Danny Ainge dragging his feet again on an asset to, to try to flip Boy, something. Don't this always happen? Right. The, the, uh, like the only time that man's ever been opportunistic was when. <laughs> His his most aggressive move was trading back to like let them get Markel Fultz so he could get Jason Tatum in another pick another and swap another and pick up another asset. That's the most aggressive move he's ever made. It's like his most aggressive move was being super conservative, and it worked out. But um, you look at the sign and trade package that they were trying to get around was like Miles Turner for Hayward in like something else, and it's like they didn't want Miles Turner. Miles Turner shoots he can shoot threes. Like obviously block you, you worry you worry block shots, but y'all you know you worry about like where his health can be long term because he was one of the dudes that was like docked in the draft for like flags because he runs funny and they think that could be an issue for his uh, knees or ankles and stuff. But um, you just got gobbled up in the finals by Bam because like Tice can't guard the dude to save his life. He's way too small. He got thrown around. Maybe you could use Miles Turner, like. So it was weird for me that like they didn't want to do that, but it's and and then like we'll just run it as is. It's like, bro, like losing for fi- nothing. You like fi- you lose, you just lost for nothing. Like you could have gotten somebody that could help you against in certain matches against certain teams, um, you know, and like let you know your young guys grow together, and you'll still you know you already have them under contracts, so or, so you could pay them whenever they you know, they reach uh whatever or reach um. You know, extension time. Like I think they they extended. Uh, they gave Jason Tatum the max, right? Yeah, yeah. So I, I don't I don't get what the Celtics are doing, and like it, you know, I think I think they're capped out. Like you know, we go back to 2018. We thought that, like that was going to be that run. You know, from getting that bounty of picks for the KG and, and Paul Pierce trade. Like we thought, like he's what he's buying his time for, like 2023 and whatever else, and they're going to be this, you know, title constant title contender team um once we get to the two thousands or mid two thousands, early to mid two thousands and or early to mid twenty twenties and nah because LeBron Prime just does not end. <laughs> it just, it just, like it was always a waiting game of he gonna win on LeBron, but like shit. The sun the the sun might uh might wind down before LeBron does. So I don't well, know how but they signed Tristan Thompson. Yeah, but that's another thing. Like they're going to be, I think they're going to be hey, better than last if, year. If you Danny Ainge, do you sign Tristan Thompson? You know, you do you bring Clutch into your building? Because I don't. I don't think he cares. I think it was more of a look. I just got I just got Theus or uh, or Theus thrown around and against Bam Adebayo. I know who ain't gonna get thrown around by Bam Adebayo. Mm-hmm. Um, like like. I think the what's the story? I think the story is that this 
the Celtics haven't had someone average 10 rebounds a game since like 2007. <laughs> Al Jefferson. <laughs> so it's like, what? Right. Like how the fuck? Well, one is like, that's how you know, like, how unhealthy KG was almost like the second he got there. Like he was there and then he blew, he hurt his knee, missed that all-star game in 08 and then came down off the alley from Rondo with a knee injury. And then like, it's, that was the effective end of his prime. He, he, he still made an all-star game. It was still great. But like the 24, 13, f- uh, like three blocks, two, three blocks a game and four assists KG. That was done once that man got the, like after the first few months in Boston. But yeah, just, that as an element that like they were just so small, like it was just like it seemed like there was just a bunch of just six three ass guys and a small little point guard. I'm sorry, six eight ass guys and a small little point guard, and they got bullied against the Heat. And and Tris is going to help that. So like I'm, I think they'll be better this year than last year because obviously the growth of Tatum and and, and Jalen Brown and they're tougher now. But I think. With Hayward leaving, they've capped their their their. I think they capped their ceiling. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're going to ever win a title unless some unless they get a trade for a bit for a better player somewhere. Like if they flip Kimba and uh, and keep hold keep hold of like Tatum and Brown and end up getting like some some you know disgruntled All Star. I, I I don't think like as is that team is going to become is going to win a title. I just don't. It's very hard to feel sympathy for the Boston Celtics. Oh, well, you're a Lakers fan. Yeah. Like, that's, that, that's not like, that's not being, no. the, that's just being a hater. Like, that's all that you know, is. It, it, it just don't, you know, I, I, I just, I, I don't feel their pain, you know. Yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah, you can't relate. I get it. I get it. Can't relate. I get you it. know, you know, Danny, you know, give Danny Ainge uh, the benefit of the doubt. Can't see it. You know, can't can't can't, can't exactly you know can't commit. So, you know. so uh, what was I going to ask you? So, do you know when training camp starts? Bro, training camp starts like next week or something. Right, shit. <laughs> next week. That's ridiculous. Lamelo Ball, Rookie of the Year. Write it down. Oh man. Yeah, yeah. So, but anyway, let's get to wrestling now. Um, WWE Survivor Series hour and a couple minutes to the show. Let's get to wrestling on this wrestling Shit. podcast. Um, yeah, WWE Survivor Series happened last night. What were your general thoughts on the show? Because <laughs> I have some general thoughts, and I saw some people whose opinions I respect their general thoughts, and I can't believe their general thoughts. But let's let, let's. I want to hear what you thought of it. What you, what you um, saw. So, the opener uh, featured Seth Rollins being the first one uh, eliminated. Uh, well, I'm just here to tell y'all, the next person eliminated was me. Um, <laughs> I did not survive that match. And by that, I mean, I fell asleep on this goddamn show. You know, I was like, oh, shit, nothing matters. And I was struggling, and all of a sudden, you know, I woke up, and the tribal chief is in the ring. And I'm like, oh, um yeah, I missed this whole shit. Um, but I was able to rewatch, uh, uh, the, the Reigns and McIntyre match. Thought it was a good match until, you know, they got to do the goofy ending and all that. I, I, I like the presentation of it. Wish it was a more high profile situation because the, 
Survivor Series are like they're like goofy All Star games kind of to me, and it's like there's no there's no real fallout from Drew losing, even though they you know do the interference and all that. Um, nothing you know on the show I think is you know no, nothing happens like as far as the guys being eliminated. Um, just pretty much an All Star game from from everything that I picked up. Um, from there, but I did see the Undertaker's retirement thing. And when I tell you something being pointless, feeling like it was like, oh my God, like you, you got it like about 30 minutes of entrances. Everyone from the Godwins, the Savio Vega, Kane in the gimmick, Sean, Triple H, um, just tons of people from the Undertaker's career. Rikishi showed up. Uh, yeah, so he did show up, James. Uh, all the BSK was there. Booker T was there. Uh, just, just tons of people in the ring. Um, and then they play this video package for the Undertaker with, you know, the rock music and all that. All those guys disappear. So they don't even like come in contact with the Undertaker. He doesn't even like salute them or anything, but Vince McMahon's in the ring looking 7,000 years old. And Vince starts, you know, choking up about the Undertaker and all that. And you just kind of wonder about the message they're sending here. And then they cut to like, I don't know if it's like an eight bit version of like an Undertaker theme song, like they're playing. Like it's weird. And then, like, Undertaker's real theme hits. He comes out, and they're shooting all the fire around. They've got this man rising up on a platform to get in the ring. Like, they're fully, like, just doing all this stuff, and no one's there. So it's just awkward as fuck. Um, they <laughs> they are piping in all the noise, all the thank you takers. Like, he's cutting promos, and they're, like, putting the um, – the piped in part in for him to pause for it. Like it was so weird. Um, he cut like a short promo and then he basically did his undertaker salute. To, he goes on one knee undertaker on one knee. Ha 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 ha. ha. Um, and hologram Paul bear comes out and I'm just like, Oh my God. Like it, it, it just, it wasn't meant to be funny at all, but it was just like, thinking about everything that the undertaker has done that I listed last week, that undertaker candles dropped and they're fucking hilarious. Um, and you see this and you're like, what did they do all this for? The whole time I was looking for an angle to happen. Like I thought somebody was going to jump out on them. There was going to be some bullshit. Nothing happened or whatever, but you saw it. And then this was like, this 30 years of the undertaker. And then I'm just like, bro, like we let the undertaker go a long time ago. Um, and Vince is, it's just Vince celebrating, you know, the old days again. It was like, I don't know if you remember when I told you I went to raw reunion last year and it was like, I was thinking, bro, I I felt like it was like the season, the series finale of WWE. It was like brought all these guys back. We looked at the good times and here we are now. Like you don't really need to see much else because they're always looking back. And if it's a true retirement ceremony, and unfortunately, they've run the well with the Undertaker. They burned it so dry that nobody believes it, right? And and or no one cares. It's both. Right. So, I feel like I couldn't emotionally invest in that. But, okay, that's the last time I'm going to see the Undertaker. So, I couldn't really 
relate on that level. Yeah. And I imagine that was the same for a lot of, you know, other people, just like Danny Ainge can't relate, you know, yeah. to his pain. Look, um, and one quick point is like, this ain't the last time I see the Undertaker. He, he on Twitter and cameo and shit now and Instagram. I'm yes. gonna see Undertaker like every day. So it, it was just really weird and awkward and like, they wanted to celebrate him much more than anybody else did, it feel like. Yeah. Um I have not watched it. Every time you are like the fifth person I've heard detail or describe it between you, Imp, Brian Alvarez, uh Vin- Vincent Verhey, uh <laughs> Michael Sedgwick, uh Mike Mike Hamlet, uh Adam Wilborn. So it's like for me like to hear that like here it's explained everybody that ex- has explained this or broken this down I believe to be fairly fairly general or uh fairly uh fair uh reviewers right mm-hmm. and when I hear that the thing is 35 minutes I don't know how the fuck it actually went 35 minutes that sounds like <laughs> something that should be done in like 12 minutes Maybe less. Bro. So there were like it was like fifteen or twenty entrances or whatever, yeah, and they all I walked heard, to the ring, I heard. heard their music. Right. It's like, oh, okay, cool. And then they never interact with the Undertaker. Yeah. The Undertaker doesn't see these they guys. They were banished to the Shadow Realm except so they could put in Vince. Vince who, yeah. who apparently like, from what I heard, looks like f- fucking General Apple t- or Palpatine before he turns to Dark Lord Sith and in fucking Star Wars. So he just old and, and just looks like someone melted. So Look, yeah, and this is his friend. Like, this is his friend that's been around for 30 years. His worker. Yeah. For 30 years. Oh, okay. I thought you were about to say something else. <laughs> no, nah, I ain't gonna do that. <laughs> this is, this, this is locker room cop. Let's just say that. This is locker room cop from back in the day. Oh, man. So, anyway, like. Bro, bro you, you, you know who, you know who wanted to, to be the Undertaker so bad one day? Seth Rollins. Ooh. Yeah. 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 Um, so I think the thing for me is it was a short, it was short words that he, that he gave. Um, and ultimately, you know, that, Oh, that was one thing I forgot. This is the last time we're going to see him because he basically saved all of whatever he's really going to say for his eventual hall of fame speech. Whenever, um, the pandemic, whenever we get vaccinations and all that kind of stuff to where like, there will be a uh, WrestleMania week in for him, for him to headline. So um, it's also that part that plays well. So it's like, uh, you know, I just quite frankly, like once the, they went to commercial break after the main uh-huh. event match, I thought that that was like them going dark. I had, I had completely forgot that the Undertaker thing was even a thing. Uh, like when I heard it, like it ain't even happened. I was like, Oh wait, that was the thing after the, why the fuck they go to commercial as opposed to saying, and coming up, the Undertaker 30 year anniversary of WrestleMania, or sorry, Survivor Series. They didn't even do that. It was like, uh, it just went black like it normally goes black, is what I thought. Bro, I had to turn that shit immediately off. I know what took me out of it the most. It was like when Undertaker finally gets in the ring, they hand him the mic, and instead of being genuine with the audience and looking in the camera, like this man breaks into the voice in gimmick or whatever, doing the gimmick voice. And I'm like, oh my fucking God. Like, and. <laughs> 
I he's, know. He's, 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 he's not retiring as, as Mark Calloway. He's retiring as the Undertaker. So he had to retire and give it. Like, bro, I like, heard the get, gimmick okay, voice and I was okay, like, okay. what the fuck? This, this is what I'll say. That criticism is valid if he shows up to WrestleMania for his Hall of Fame or WrestleMania <laughs> weekend or his Hall of Fame speech and gives you the gruff, the gruffled voice then. That's was that jewel. fair? Is that fair? Crown like if he, yes, if he does the crown jewel voice, then that's when it's like, okay, that's fair to criticize. But he's in gimmick. Um I think the thing <laughs> where you mentioned about um the way he was acting as if there was an actual crowd. I think I mean, I get that that um I absolutely get that criticism and I think it's fair. I also think from their perspective they're for them, this is historical archival footage that they will be replaying and selling on DVDs for the rest of time. So they're not about to let the fact there's no fucking fans fuck that up for them. So they're going to do it as if there's actual fans there. And then over time, the the people that, that watch this, these archival footage won't know the context of there was a fucking global pandemic. There was a global, in, in the words of our, our UK friends, there was a global bastard in 2020 that <laughs> fucked everything up for everybody for an entertainment industry. So like, they'll just move on. They'll be like, okay, we saw the like the 30 clip second clip that they put on YouTube. That was from, 2020 and they'll put it up you know in 2030 2040 whatever else when they talk about you know you know the mount rushmore or, or pantheon of wwe performers with you know hogan and, and and rocking them so i i from that perspective like i get it like they're both i get it from both sides i get them both sides i think it's i think it's perfectly fine to clown on it because it's the thickest shit ever um and also yeah. think, like from their perspective it's like well what the fuck are you supposed to do like y'all gonna clown us in real time because like we we're doing this for twenty forty, baby. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. Uh, as far as the show, um, this show had some good wrestling on it. At times, it had some great wrestling on it. But the but generally. This was just a show, a, a fine show that was made, in my opinion, lesser, a lot lesser by the booking decisions, the directions that, the directions that make no, that just go to where they're headed, and also like what they did to some characters, um, especially like characters that they could, they could potentially they have star potential. Bianca Belair, hello. Um, yeah, I caught some of that. I, I think that the only two finishes that really make sense was Roman winning by with interference choke out um, McIntyre and Sasha beating Asuka. Outside of... Oh, also Lashley beating Sami Zayn because who gives a fuck? Whatever. I'll give him that. <gasps> Outside of that, the other three... Well, no, no, no. I'll take that back. Let me, I'm, I'm going to phrase this. Sounds like the winners weren't a problem. It was like, like no, 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 no. It just, because well, one particular winner was just like, well, two of them were just like, what the fuck are you guys doing? Like, this happened like Raw beating SmackDown, five, sweeping SmackDown the men's side five zero is like absurd. That's absurd. Yes. Um, the women's Smack, the women's battle royal was just fucking atrocious. It's like some of the worst it's it, it's some of the worst booking Vince has ever done, which is a quite 
uh, you know, quite an accomplishment. Um, I don't have, like, New Day beating the, uh, I'm sorry, uh, the Street Fighters beating the, the New Day. My only problem with that is, like, the way that match ended felt flat. Like, that match should have went another, like, three minutes, um, or whatever else. But, you know, WWE, they don't do the, they don't like to actually really beat anybody that they think that they know makes money. They always, like, they beat somebody and then you're supposed to try to, like, they want you to quickly forget anyone's ever beaten, right? So, um, like, I get why they did the, the, they gave McIntyre that bail. Just beat fucking somebody. Like, if you're gonna give us this match on short notice, build it like this, and then, like, have Roman talk, all that shit, either somebody needs to get beaten. Not no, oh, okay, well, whatever. They, you know, they, they, they had half of a great match, and then, like, we cut it off. After they and it's got not like, off. it's not even like Drew's gonna see the guy that fucked him out of the win anymore. He's on a different show. Right. It's like someone's from Raw should have came out and fucked Drew McIntyre. Right. And also, like, when we talk about, when I talk about the character motivations, I cannot get into the Jey Uso slave thing. I just can't. It's fucking stupid. It's fucking dumb. He, he is the final survivor, or he's the last person against Team Raw. He goes out, guns a blazing. He goes backstage. Roman says to him, you lost because you can't control your team. You can't control your team because they don't respect, because they don't fear you. They don't fear you because they don't respect you. They don't respect you because uh, which means they don't respect me, and when they don't respect me, they don't respect the family, and if they don't respect the family, then you, quite frankly, don't deserve a seat at the table, and then Jay walks off hurt by this, ignoring the fact that, like, your cousin's trying to fucking murder you, and bully you, and beat the shit out of you, and make you into a cult, a fucking slave in a cult, you goddamn dummy! Why would I ever want to root for this dude in the long term? And also, I know he's never going to get his come up. It's on Roman Reigns because it's Roman fucking Reigns. <laughs> Solid point. Um, like, who is yeah. this for? Like, if you're going to make Jay into a single star, fine. If you're going to make him a single star, doesn't he have to win eventually? I look. I don't know about you, but I don't see Jay Uso uh, pinning the big dog Roman Reigns, <laughs> the and, tribal chief Roman Reigns. Right, as much as we love, and as much as we love the Usos, neither one of them should be pinning Roman Reigns. Yeah. Right. So. Yeah. I I don't see what this is, and also it's like, what am I supposed to feel bad for this dude that got his ass whooped? And he's just following orders. He's not. He's not standing up for himself. You know he's what it not, probably is. What is. Pr- it's probably going to play into whenever Reigns does lose, Jay's the bail. Jay's the bail, essentially. Gonna... Like, okay, I can see that, that. Yeah, that's the bail. And then they have another feud. Where he kills and then Roman beats the shit out of him again for the third fucking time. Yeah, yeah. Um, I did like the match. Um leading up to you know the bullshit with, with drew and roman i thought they it they worked for, hard yeah it took, took a little while to get going it took <laughs> fuck i was i was like yo like this roman like i've said it again this is like the second time i've seen a roman match i'm just like randy orton works faster than this like 
once it got going, it got going. It was damn fun when they finally started wrestling and said, as opposed to slapping, laying around. But I, I, I don't see the need for this match to have to go on 20, was it 25, 24 minutes? Like, you could have had a, you, this match could have been done, especially with Heyman right there. Do this match in 18 minutes and, and go, and go collect your four and a half stars, please. You know, I I, I just under, I didn't understand it. it. It was way it didn't it did not need to go that long, especially when you look at the rest of the card and like you have traditional tag or survivor series matches. Neither one of them went tw- even thirty minutes. That's that's nuts right. <laughs> in itself. Right. It was it was weird. And then like you, you the Oscar and Sasha match could have used another four minutes or five minutes or whatever else. It, it, it this match didn't need to go that long. Um, you know, I guess you know. Big mirror match, you know, long haired dudes with beers that that is jacked with belts. Yeah, and I think like maybe, but then again, like if you tell Vince like this match, I need to go that long. Will you give more match time to matches to to, to pop more? No, he'll probably give more time for fucking ninja refs and 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 gobbledygookers in twenty four seven nonsense. So you know, who knows? Who knows? Um, Yeah, but yeah, it was it was a very good match, a very good match. Um, it, it, but once it, especially once it got going, it was great when it was going. Um, and yeah, I liked some of the near falls. I liked them doing the stuff outside the ring. Um, I, I liked it, you know, it, it was real, uh, fight based. Fight based? Yeah, it was like they were, they were swinging at each other. Yeah, I, I do like the, the part where, these guys don't normally um, use submissions, but they actually use them at like for for near near falls uh, in the match, like the Kimura. Um, yeah, from, that was from McIntyre, where he he basically roll you know inside cradles him inside cradles a spear and then slaps on the um, Kimura, um, and then like I, I always suck for this spot. Like, is someone someone beats the ten count and then someone immediately puts like puts him away? I'm a sucker for that. Um, I, so like I, that's like one of my favorite finishes. So like once he jumped on that man and slapped on that guillotine, I was like, I like it. Like I understand there's interference and whatever, but like I, I, he put him away in, in a way that's like I I can't pin this fucking guy. I got to choke him out. Um, and like Roman needed a submission as a as a heel, so that also works. Um. Uh, but yeah, I guess we, in order of importance, we can go to the uh, Sasha in in, in um, Oscar match. They had another good ass match. Um, I don't think this was as good as their previous matches from earlier in the year, but um, I think the work, I think some of the work holds up to it. Just this was just hurt by the fact that you've seen it so much um, this year, and they were working so fast, almost as if like they had time cut, and they were like, nope, we're going to fit the same amount of shit we normally put in there. Um, and they were doing a lot of stuff that the commentary, the commentary wasn't putting over. Like they were wrestling, like this is part, multiple part of this series that we've had where we're countering each other, each other shit up a lot and cross each other up. And commentary didn't do that good of a job of pointing out things that happened in prior matches. So I think commentary probably made this or didn't help this match as much as it should have. Um, shocker commentaries on WWE wrestlers. Um, but yeah, I, I, at the end of the day, like, um, the right person won. 
Um, I like that Sasha is in high speed mode with these crater, with these, with these multiple crater, craters, craters, cradles and, 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 and pullouts and into counters of those for, uh, other, um, pinfalls. Um, and I think, you know, I think they do a really good job with Oscar against Horsewoman where they have these, um, non-decisive finishes that will make you want to watch them wrestle more. Um, well, aside from Charlotte, like, I'm, I'm more talking about Becky and Sasha. Like, <laughs> they, like, you know, she'll slap on like that, that freaking crank thing she did is to Becky at Royal Rumble 2018 or whatever else, or, or 2019 and this where they just like, all right, we're going to go through, you know, jackknife covers and roll throughs, whatever else. And you just beat me at the end. Like, I, I like that. Like, you can beat somebody without necessarily, um, and you can win at any time without necessarily like you have to hit your finisher and you have to hit your finisher again. You have to finish it a third time and then they kick out and whatever. So I like those mm-hmm. kind of matches. Um, so yeah. Um, I think next match and level of importance would be the men's. Fuck that. I'm not even going to talk about it. Well, well, let's talk about the, the good. Let's get the good stuff out of the way and then we'll, you know, go through. Smack or SmackDown tag champs. The Street Profits versus Raw Tag Champs, The New Day. Um, they come down to the ring, The New Day come out first, and Big E's with them, and it's like, that would be so impactful if, like, they weren't just together, like, back in October. And had a, <laughs> they've been separated for, like, three weeks. Yeah, right. Supposed, like, they've been separated for multiple months, so it would have been, been even more, it, like, it you actually been like, that's really cool, or whatever else. Like Biggie comes out, they have they all have like the Gears of War stuff that you know because of the merchandising yeah. or the synergy, and then like they cut back to um, the gorilla position where you have Angelo Dawkins beatbox to the Undertaker's theme, and then um, Montez Cus's promo is great, um, and then they come out. By the time they come out, like. <laughs> I guess uh, Big E was the first person to be like snatched and, and, <laughs> and taken from the ringside area before they took all the legends out for Undertaker. Um, yeah. But they had this great match uh, where it's mostly just it starts off I think it starts off with uh, Montez and uh, Xavier. Then eventually Kofi gets in and you think to yourself wow like those like Kofi in in Montez like with the gigantic jump, huge jumps in the frog splash, like they have so much in common um, as far as their athleticism. Um, yeah, then, they're both black too. <sighs> yes, they are both black. <laughs> um, but there also was a lot at play where it's like the Street Profits were kind of like wrestling, like their heroes, kind of like, that's kind of way they put it. Like also like their man, the way they were handling it. Like when the Street Profits came in or whatever, it was like, there was a lot of like love. It was almost like watching an all-star game. And then eventually like it changed and the new day started working heel while not actually becoming turning heel. Like they just started Uh working heel. Like they isolated, um, Montez Ford's ribs and midsection. Um, and doing a lot of cool stuff to his ribs and hurting them over and over and over. Um, ultimately it leads to, um, a, uh, hot tag from D'Angelo that which ends up getting Montez back in after his even more work, but he goes to, for finishing, um, frog splash where he hits it and he can't make the cover cause his ribs too fucked up. Um, it was a great, uh, I love that spot too as well, where like someone's injured, so they can't put someone away, uh, with, with whether it's a mission or slap, slap on a submission or pin somebody. Um, and then 
like you have a trouble in paradise from <laughs> uh from Montez to Kofi and then um they even do the midnight hour. They even attempt to do the midnight hour. Um it doesn't work and um it's it's a really good ass match. Um ultimately the uh street profits end up winning. And it's like the older team put over the pushed younger team. Um, or the older team put over the push younger act and like that will do them a lot of favors in the new day. You could beat them like a drum. They'll still be over tomorrow. So I don't want you to beat them drum, but like it was cool. And, <laughs> it, so, if you have to, you right. It, like if they need this win more, the right person, the right team won. So I like that. And it was a good ass match. I, I would say, go back and watch it. Um, All right. so yeah. So now we get to the shits, <laughs> the men's, Raw, uh, the men's SmackDown, the uh, men's Survivor Series match. Yeah, I can't think. I can't think. Yeah, uh, the F- Survivor Series match, Raw and SmackDown. Oh boy, this match went like twenty-one minutes, nineteen minutes, some shit like that. Went way too fast. Um, they sweep the uh, Raw sweeps SmackDown five nothing. Um, there's a spot where. Everybody comes down to the ring wearing uh, the Raw shirts. On the back of the Raw shirts, it says USA. People come down to the ring except for Corbin and uh, Rollins wearing SmackDown shirts. On the back, I'm going to say Fox. Yep. Looking like fucking worker bees. Um, except for the people they actually really want to push, which is saying something because it's still Baron Corbin. Jesus Christ. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> so, you end up getting this weird spot where Kevin Owens in the ring, Seth asked to tag in. They're still, they're working. They're still like, um, talking about or playing to the fact that like they hate each other's guts from their feud from last year or from the beginning of this year or last nice year, the beginning of this year, um, tags him in. Go ahead. Get in there. Seth Rollins gets on both knees, sticks out both his arms and says for the greater good and do you do what you need to do or do your worst or whatever else Sheamus bro kicks his face off and pins on one two threes out the match he rolls out the ring to the floor um that's the first elimination of the match team smackdown regroups and then before that happens Kevin Owens looks at him looks at him and shakes his head like New you ain't shit. Pathetic. He's like, you're always gonna be, you're, you're always gonna be trash, aren't you? And then they group, they group up together. Kevin Owens is back in the ring. He goes wild. It's him and AJ. He ends up, uh, hitting a bunch of, he ends up knocking AJ out the ring. That leads to a jailbreak where he stuns like three different people. Everybody on Team SmackDown, from what I can remember, is on the rope, especially Jay Uso, because he's in the shot. After he gets done with his barrage of, stunt, of stunners, he turns around and AJ's back on the apron. He hits the phenomenal forearm on him and 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 goes to pin him. I see Jay Uso right there on the fucking apron, not under duress at all. Just watch Kevin Owens get get pinned, and I'm like, "What the fuck is this? What?" Then. <sighs> I can't remember the rest. I, I I may have just blocked out memory out there, but like they sweep Otis. Jay Uso's yeah. yeah, Otis is Otis is doing uh, power spots with um Keith Lee during the match and they're basically like on fifty fifty in like uh in, in lockups 
Um, they both do a power move to each other later in the match, which is okay. Uh, Otis in there were Riddle, that was cool at the time, or whatever else, even though Roche shouldn't be on fucking TV. Um, <laughs> uh, it, it was just, it was just, it was just awkward. Oh, basically the finish, um, of it is, Jay Lewis was the last person, he's in there with AJ, he lays AJ out, he's going for Uso, for the Uso splash, the ref gets taken, um, uh, I can't remember the gigantic uh, dude that's with AJ. I can't remember his name. His name is now Omos oh, or okay. almost whatever. whatever. He snatches he snatches it uh, AJ out to the apron as uh, Jay goes for the dive, uh, and then they finish him after that, and that's what leads to what the rest of the night is with uh, Jay <laughs> Jay Uso having Stockholm syndrome with fucking uh, Roman. I whatever. Um, so Keith Lee actually got um, some theme new theme music. Whereas, like, yes. he's rapping his own yes. theme again. And I just have, hard. I've got one question, James. Why the fuck didn't they do that in the first place? Yeah, too late now. If they knew they were going to do this. <laughs> they didn't know they were doing this. They were talking about the seat of their pants. They were like, this isn't working. This isn't working. This isn't working. And then they were like, oh, well, let's let, let's let them get it back to me. People were mad about it. But it's like, you've already, like. You already fucked you, it. You've already There's missed the boat. You've already missed the boat. Like, this, like, he debuted, what, after SummerSlam? Yeah. He'll be at SummerSlam. We're in November now. You've cooled him. You've cooled him to death. Like, like if you want to try to heat him back up, I don't think he's too far gone where you can't do that. But it's like, like nothing he... short of a Royal Rumble win. And even even, then, I don't even know who the fuck would win the Royal Rumble this year or next year. I, especially especially like you're gonna do a Royal Rumble in an empty arena. Oof, that sounds that's a trap. At the trap. That don't don't remind me. That, but that sounds that sounds really rough to do a a match that is a popcorn ass special attraction ass match, where, where they're known for not having no kind of work rate and then, <laughs> with no crowd. They better they better try to put people in that crowd. Otherwise, it's it could be bad. It could be real bad. I think um, they're gonna try to get fans in there. They are staying safe. Look, don't don't. Don't bring your asses over to Bayside Bridge. Stay your ass down there. <laughs> Don't, do not bring that shit up here. Um, so, um, yeah, that uh, the, in the women's match. Yeah. Oh, well, hold on. End of the match was uh, AJ tagged out. Keith Lee power bombed somebody, or I think he, I think he power bombed Jay. I can't remember, but whatever. Uh, so what what did Team Raw get for winning? Not a damn thing. Oh, check this out. So apparently, oh. storyline was that like AJ was self, he proclaimed himself to be captain, and the rest of the team couldn't get along. Whereas, uh, and more or less, like after they won, they were all happy. They all five of them were content. They were like, "Oh, no one lost. That's cool." And then they went away. I don't know what they did tonight, but what a it was, story! Yeah, yeah. Really <laughs> what a story! Yeah. What booking! Yeah. So. uh I'm gonna say the best for last, or by best I mean the worst. Uh, actually, I can't do that because there's something worse. So let's let's do this. The women's tag team Survivor Series match. <sighs> this was boy. Not, there was no good moments in it of wrestling aside from like Bianca and Shayna in the ring. Oh, let me phrase this: When Nia Jax in the ring, it was bad. When Shayna Baszler in the ring, it was okay. It was actually Peyton Royce had a couple at, spots that I like too. Peyton Royce did some spots, but she still can't work. Um, same thing for for Liv, even though I like Liv's spots more than Peyton Royce's. But hey, Peyton man. Royce, I got one question. 
Yeah. Is Lana's gimmick like she's supposed to be a make a wish kid? That's how they're treating her. Like the commentators, she, like I don't know, I don't know, but she may as well be. <laughs> Yo. Right? Am I am I wrong by saying that so she may as well be a make a wish like, kid? She's doing so well, she's hanging in there. I'm like, she get a check, don't she? Bro, like she may as well be Nicholas from WrestleMania uh, 34, right? Oh my god! Am I? And she like she tagged, she blind tagged in, did look something, realized she was in over her head, tagged back out, got scolded like a like a like a wounded fucking dog by um Naya. Said, "Get out the ring, get on the step, get off the apron, Can't even get stand on the, the apron with us. Yes. Get, not even damn. get on the top step, get on the middle or bottom step." Then. They proceeded to wrestle, and it was like, look, man, like, Ruby's good, Bianca's very, you know, Bianca's good, Shayna's good, I'm over, I'm understating how good they actually are, you know what I mean, like, they were doing these spots, Natalia fucked up, I don't know oh what she was God. going for, she was going for I something, know what she was and then doing. She, I don't know what she was going for, but then she was like, she was this. awful in this match, she, but she said, fuck this, and then she just stomped, um, whoever, I think it was a Peyton Royce and it slapped on a sharpshooter. Um, yeah, like, yeah, she was going for that move where you like tie up the legs and then you flip them over and you're pulling the arms where it's, it's kind of like instead of doing about. a surfboard. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. yeah. She, it, the, she, the move just fell through. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Bianca and, um, and Lacey did a, did a Spanish fly, which is like, if you're going to do that with Lacey Evans and like, you're basically killing that for everybody that does Spanish fly because it's like. She's not good at anything else except for like showing off her athleticism. Like, I mean, at least in this match. Um, so yeah, I saw Bianca's like, entrance and I was just like, man, yeah, such charisma, such personality, yeah. such swag. Like, why isn't she just like twenty five and zero right now since WrestleMania, beating the fuck out of people, like going over everybody, becoming a star? Like, why? Right. And then on the other end, you're like, you see Shayna when she's in when she's in for Team Raw, and like, she's by far and away the best wrestler there on, on team on the Team Raw. And it's like, y'all y'all have her in this fucking dumbass angle when you could like be using her like against Asuka or using her against someone else. It's like, I, especially right now with no Charlotte and no Becky, it's like. You 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 have stapled her to Nia, and we know what that means. Yeah, she's just do, she's doing effectively nothing. I, it's like you brought up you brought her. Think about the Royal Rumble. Think about what Bianca did in the Rumble. Think about what Shayna did in the Rumble, and think about what they've done with them since they've done both those things in the Rumble. Why the fuck did you bring them up? There's an argument that like the women may be book worse than the men. Um, I would say yeah. Yikes! Seeing that they're seeing um, like, w- okay, who's being picked besides like Baron Corbin, right? Who's being picked at the top of Raw and SmackDown that just are flat out not good, flat out stink? Um, at the top of the card in the male single division on both shows, the Fiend stinks. That that's fair. 
That's fair. Strowman can stink. Right. Right. But the thing is also with those two guys, those two, those two guys are also over. Yeah. Like, they'd be out here pushing Peyton Royce and, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Bro, like, there's no standards. Like, or, there's none. Or, like, <laughs> Lana was her most over when she was a manager and you fucked that and now you are making her into, like, once she was a Jezebel at the beginning of the year, right? She was the person you're supposed to fucking hate and now we're supposed to feel bad for her spate of the year when, like, all she did was, like, Go away. Right. Um, it, it, it's weird. But anyway, get to it. It is basically, um, it's down to like the final two. It is, um, Shayna takes out, uh, Ruby. So it is, a, it is basically like four, four or five against two or something like that. I can't remember exactly. But, um, no, I think by that point it's like it's like three or four against two. So it is live on one. It's live with uh, Bianca on one side, um, and it's Shayna. It is um, Naya and and also Lana. So they get rid of um, Liv pretty quick. I think they give her a couple spots and. They did a smart thing where like Naya is elimin or one of them is eliminating uh, Liv as like the other one like just just immediately like grabbed her right before she realized the panel the tip was happening um, off the road off the apron uh, Bianca so you get this shot of once like she gets pinched she's like fuck I'm down one one versus three so um, Bianca fights and fights and fights she gets slapped in the uh, carefully the clutch. She gets she gets up from the from the mat, slowly crawls over, fights, 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 and collapses into the ropes. Shayna doesn't let go. She gets this DQ'd on five. So now it's three. It's three to. Uh, I'm sorry. It's two to one. Lana and Nia versus Bianca. Nia takes Bianca outside and uh, goes to like throw her, put her through a table. Bianca escapes. Is a Throwing uh, Naya into a stair- pair of steps, Naya gets up and then charges at Bianca. Bianca basically like low or um, back body drops her over the barricade, and as she back body drops her over the barricade, like it's the nine count, and she she tries to scramble the, the distance, the little short distance to get to the uh, get into the ring. Ten count, so. Lana wins as a sole survivor of Survivor Series, and effectively, Shayna is a loser, is a dumbass. Naya is an asshole and a dumbass. Bianca isn't a winner. She tried hard, but she isn't a winner. And Lana, who got has been getting bullied and put through tables and abused by uh, the heels, doesn't show her worth in any way, shape, or form in any substantial way, gets, ultimately, falls in line with by with her bullier, and then wins on a fluke circumstance, and then celebrates if she just won a championship game. Like, she should be popping champagne. Um, This was an Ellsworth win. This was an Ellsworth-level win. You know, but, but, but they got women on the show, you know, yeah. so... You know, um, can't, can't fault them, I guess. You know, <laughs> um, 
like this was this was this is easily. Oh, I don't want to say easily, but like this this is probably the worst Survivor Series team match like since the brand split. Since the brand split, like it it was just the booking was so bad, so bad. There have probably been worse matches wrestling wise, um, but it's like you you didn't get in, you didn't get a soul over. Who the fuck do you get over in this match? And don't say Lana because you didn't get Lana over. <laughs> if you say I Lana, Lana I, if, if, if you think that Lana got over in this match, then I think you're a fucking imbecile. Yeah, um, I think they're they're playing on like some irony shit. Like all this shit's supposed to be ironic or whatever with Lana. Like I I watched the um they showed all the times that Nia put it through a table nine times. It's just like it's just like why do you keep. Like, I don't know. Like, it's like they're taking like this long ass convoluted route to try to get Lana over when, hey, what if y'all just tried like giving her some wins or something? Could you try that? Yeah. If you wanted to get her over? Right. Not the person I would push. Right. But, you know, I, I don't know, man. This, right. this is WWE, man. Right. Like, it, it, it's just so fucking stupid. And it's like. I don't understand what this does for Naya. I don't understand what this does for Shayna. I don't understand what this does for Bianca. I don't really understand what the fuck this does for Bailey, who was the first fucking person beaten in this match by Peyton Royce Hall people, who immediately got pinned after after this happened. Yeah. Or or yeah. Uh, beaten after this happened, which is like... So that was the goofy one right there. I, I called Natalia, but it was like, Bailey. There, so, so, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so this is what I suggest. Rich, you've watched Stardom Elimination matches. They're survivor, they're basically survivor series matches, except for the stip, simple, added stipulation of over the top rope elimination. They should adopt that immediately. They should adopt that because they are so scared to death of beating anybody ever in these survivor series matches, all this political bullshit, that you can just say, oh, I low bridge the motherfucker that was charging at me, he fell over the top. Didn't pin nobody, didn't submit nobody, didn't, didn't roll nobody up after they just hit some, after they just ran wild or whatever else. They just beat, you just, you just, you just got caught slipping. You know, duck on a stinger splash, you know. Right. right. The match would be a lot more intriguing too. Oh yeah, there's also a spot that would happen in that women's match, in that women's match where, uh, Payne Royce gives a second rope. Oh yes. Uh, suplex to the floor over the group of people, oh, group of women. Uh, to Bailey, and not a damn soul caught Bailey, or even tried yeah. to stop her. Like she Bailey may as well fe- fell through a sheet of paper. Bailey fell on all that ass. We're moving on. Um, so the next match. Um, oh yeah, I gotta get my my normal line. They must have went to the Mike Mizana school of not catching a bitch. So, uh, moving on. The last match is fuck. I'm not even gonna give it. It was Sami Zayn versus. Uh, uh, Bobby Lashley, Bobby Lashley, and like the rest of her business is dressed like Pat, dressed like fucking deacons. Um, like they, like they count, like they count the collection plate. They look black, black uh, suit, black uh, shirt, gold tie. Either they were a wedding party groomsmen or they were deacons. You choose. Maybe they were alphas. I don't know. Maybe they were alphas, but I don't think they were alphas. They're going to like a high school homecoming or something. Oh God! So, yeah, um, just fucking stupid, waste of time. Um, 
nothing like Sami Zayn is doesn't want to wrestle this dude, but he wants to leave. They won't let him leave and let uh, Bobby Lashley just get the count out. They all surround him and cutting him off. At one point, Bobby or Sami Zayn gets out the ring with the ref's back turned uh, towards um, what's his name MVP. He accidentally trips over MVP and wants that to be counted as a as a DQ as a DQ. The ref won't allow it. Lashley somehow takes the ref. MVP grabs him by the nape of the neck, like you like, and throws him back into the ring. Lashley slaps on the um the the full Nelson. Uh, it, this was the worst Sami Zayn match I think I've ever seen. This was the worst Sami Zayn match I think I've ever seen. Um, sad shit. Whatever. Like, if they want to beat him, beat him. But like, can he at least like? You've made their kind of title a joke. Like, what? What is it with WWE making their fucking titles jokes? I, I, I don't know. Whatever. Like, that was Survivor Series, and so like, it's, it's funny you brought up the Deacons thing. We actually um just got a message in our um. Twitter group thread from Sierra with Cedric Alexander and uh, Xavier Woods going face to face and the hurt business surrounding them. She said, What in the Deacons is tired of the kids cutting up during the service is going on here? <laughs> Shout out to Sierra. I miss Sierra. Um, yeah. Uh, anyway. Um... But yeah, Survivor Series, I mean. I I'll probably go back and check out the tag match if I get a chance. It had three good matches on it, three very good matches, three very good to great matches on. Depending on how you feel about it, but it's Survivor Series and Survivor Series matches fucking sucked um, and didn't put anybody over. And whatever direction that leads to, the only direction it leads to in any of these Survivor Series matches was one. This Lana thing, which I don't know why anyone would actually care about, and Jay Uso, the the Samoan slave. So I, I I just like I don't I don't find particular interest in this. Um, but whatever. Like I would say, watch those three three matches that I praise. The other ones just ugh, damage your brain cells. Um, I guess we get to Wednesday shows now, right? Yeah, man. Let's get to uh, the, the fa. Um, so AEW Dynamite. Uh, big show here. Uh, did a great rating, one of the best they've done all year in the demo. And um, so it's kind of forcing me to reconsider uh, what what I think. You know, the John Moxley Kenny Omega light. It might. You know, I wouldn't be shocked at a million views now, uh, or a million viewers that week. Um, so we opened up, uh, and they basically um got it started with you know a opening video package from top flight so top flight has been on dark for a couple weeks and they're a highly regarded team from the indies darius and dante martin uh one of them is 21 the other one's 19 uh high flying super athletic young guys awesome video package i got into it fired up when i saw it uh and they were taking on the young bucks for the tag belts so um this this ruled um, <laughs> um <laughs> yeah um the young bucks uh what what more can you say um the bucks do them anybody there in the ring was going to look great uh top flight had a couple matches on dark that were some were good some of them weren't on the level but this mm-hmm. by far was the best of any of them um these guys carry a long reputation on on the independence for such their young age, um, I believe, 
I had talked to Swerve about it. He told me he wrestled one of them, if I'm not mistaken. He was like, they're, he, he certified those guys. So I imagine that he wrestled, um, Darius. Possibly. Cause Darius is the older one, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, I, actually, I haven't figured out which one's which yet. So I'm, I'm going to have to, um, um <laughs> rush okay. up on that. Uh, Darius. Okay. Darius is the light is. <sighs> Darius is the light skinned one. Dante is the translucent one. <laughs> that's, that's all I like. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, and the news uh, came out uh, earlier today uh, that Top Flight actually is signed now with AW. And they got them boys on that paper uh, before they were on the AW Dark contract, and they got the real ones uh, today. Uh, this was awesome. What did you think of this, James? I loved it. Um, I don't necessarily think this match is better than the uh, title change that the Young Bucks, uh, the title match that they just won with a couple weeks ago. Uh, but I would say that I would rewatch this one bef- uh, before I go back to that one, even though I've already seen that one uh, a second time. Um, it's a super enjoyable popcorn match, especially for an opener. It's a great opener. Um, they did, they did a million things. It's just great mindless young bucks wrestling. Um, it was, it was a blast. RLPW, uh, certified under 10 minutes. This is like, this is how you do it right here. So, um, the bucks ended up getting the win with the BTE trigger. And, um, after that, it looks like, uh, TH2 came out to jump on top flight, yeah. uh, possibly setting up something with them, possibly setting up some, you know, a, a TV title defense for the Young Bucks. We'll see. Um, you already know, Ann Helico and Jack Evans are probably is chomping at the bit to actually get in on the action somewhere. So, yeah. uh, and I imagine the Bucks and them would be pretty good. Yeah. Uh, one thing I forgot to mention is, uh, while watching a match, I enjoyed it so much. I was like, they need to sign, like, Tony Khan needs to come down to the ring, or whoever else, whether it's someone who bring it like, they need to bring AEW contracts down to the ring in the middle of the match. Stop the match halfway and say, hey, bro, come sign something. Come sign something. <laughs> like, and, and I remember you saying, like, you know, they're being, you know, uh, they're being recruited from multiple places. Like, fine. They ain't gotta sign it, but just bro, bring it down. Just, but bring it down no, to the no. match. I, I meant AEW was recruiting them. Oh, I thought not, you meant not like, multiple places. I thought yeah. you meant multiple places where we were, you know, I mean, shit after that match, I, multiple places should be trying to recruit them. Yeah. Uh, but like, either way, it's like, look, um, halfway through that match, go ahead, walk down to the ring with, with yeah, you know, yeah. like, like, just, just, like, it should be like when, uh, when he see those, those Rockefeller concerts, someone will come out with a chain. Yes. Like, <laughs> the signifying the even sign. Yes. Somebody, you know, I don't know if, I don't know how, you, if, you know, something to symbolize, like, yeah, he's getting signed right now, like this full Cedric Alexander treatment, like, That's please sign Cedric, yeah, please sign them dudes, top flight. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I can't wait to see them wrestle, uh, a private party. That's going to be a fucking blast. That's going to be great. Uh, that's going to be a blast. Brothers. Yep. Um, I was thinking about all the, all the people they can wrestle. And I mean, that's the place to go. Like, like the best, the, the best get better. Like that tag yeah. division just gets like, look, while the sorry world tag league going on or the mid world tag league is going on. Look, I know who needs the world tag league and this these gentlemen in Jacksonville. <laughs> and then, um, and then like, they're also great because of the, because of the future play. Like they're, they're, you, they're keepers. They're like a fancy later keeperly, like them private party, like yeah, like the those acclaimed. guys. I yeah, you talk about acclaimed, like those yeah. guys, like you can sign them. They already are great workers. Like you can get the 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 you know young gun vibe or whatever else. Of like you're gonna see them grow before your eyes, similar to 
you know, what we're going to experience with Darby and the like, um, set that out of tags. Like, I don't want to say, I don't want to say they're the, um, like these, some of these babyface tag teams that they have could be like their version of, um, the, uh, the rock and roll express. Like we have these young guys that, you know, that, that are flashy as hell and you're going to see them grow for your eyes and become champions eventually. And it's going to be, and people are going to love it. Like, I, so yeah, I, yeah. I, I, and they're going to have a great robbery. Like it's going to be a blast eventually over these years. Yeah. So like, and I think private party, um, has it in them to be heels. Um, yeah, yeah. Like I can see it, like, can, uh, like because I feel like Quinn, like he could just like he could cut off all the smiling, mm-hmm. and I feel like Isaiah can talk all the shit, yeah, and, and like just stunt. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I mean, I wouldn't write off either one of them as as turning hill eventually. I think it's gonna be a situation where like you know, um, this is WWE, like you're gonna, one of them is gonna turn on the other one multiple times over the next decade, but uh, <laughs> I don't think that's necessarily gonna happen in AEW. But like I, you know. I feel like they wouldn't turn either one of them hill if they couldn't do it. So one thing I was thinking about was, um, so since there are, we'll get to it later, there are six units everywhere in this company. I was thinking about who you could pair up with Top Flight. Mm-hmm. I was looking at the singles roster, and it seems like everyone's kind of paired off, except Hangman Page right now. So mm-hmm. the Hangman needs to go ahead and make friends with Top Flight. I'm, I'm offering him that advice. The Hangman with Top Flight? Hmm. Because you can't hang out with the Bucks anymore. Can't hang out with Kenny anymore. Can't hang with Cody. Do you really want to go go chill with Dustin and QT? Probably not. Um. <laughs> um, I mean, we don't have a tag team in Team Taz yet. Well, I mean, it's good guys. I would assume these guys are good guys right now. I mean, I'm thinking about a singles wrestler to pair them with. Will Hobbs. Well, well... Well, the the trio is already set in Team Taz. Hey man, don't look, look, look. I'm trying to put, I'm trying to add the Team Taz. I want Taz more that's <laughs> coming out every every week to talk that shit. So I mean, it, it ain't a perfect fit, and obviously you want to be babyface, whatever else. I'm just I'm just throwing out, I'm just throwing shit at the wall. Hey, I, I, I ain't worried about fans. I'm just worried about like talent, talent with talent. We'll figure out the rest after that. Um, but well, yeah, the, I mean, the they'll, they'll find somebody. They'll find somebody. The, the inner circle gets us started with uh, their slaying Vegas trip. Some of this was funny. Some of it was like, huh? And then, you know, it was just like, just wacky shit moving stuff forward. So, um, like, uh, MJF was trying to buddy up with Jericho and, and, and Santana and Sammy and, uh, and Ortiz weren't playing that shit. Warlow and, uh, Hager were staring at each other a bunch. MJF and Jericho had a funny, uh, deal that kind of built on their steak thing. Yep. Uh, they just progressively asked for more absurd drinks. I thought one of them was eventually going to request gasoline. <laughs> yes, gasolina. <laughs> but they never got that far. Um, 83 octane, damn it. Yes. Uh, uh, let me, let me get, let me I get mean, to 93. I meant 93. <laughs> I said 83. I was like, I fucked up. It's well either 87, 89, or 93, whatever. Uh, right. Uh, and then fucking Conan shows up. Conan getting a check. Way to go, Conan. You know, he even wanted to get on AW since day one. When did Conan become like the weed man? Like in kayfabe, not, not behind the scenes, whatever else, but in kayfabe, cause he's like, he's like, yeah, I got some for y'all boys. And then all of a sudden it's like, He's Cheech and Chong. He has a supply, and I'm like, I did not know. I'm sure if we went through some of that NWO tape, he's he probably was dropping, dropping lines, probably you know somewhere. Probably. 
So Conan back on TNT like old times. <laughs> um, and then they uh, went uh, when it to be continued. They got into the commercial um, for director with director X, the guy that does all the music videos. And this was really dope. I saw it on the internet. It was like two minutes of uh, it's just like a, basically a big sell job. Like they're playing this on like CNN and different stations that advertise like AEW. Mm-hmm. Um pretty cool and then moxley got it started with a promo he was backstage um and he he was able wondering uh how he was able to have such a long championship reign he chalked it up to his dad's advice uh mox said he has the whole world bearing down on him a broken body and a pregnant wife what and <laughs> just out of nowhere um it real cool casually slipped that in there and but then he remembered you know his dad reminded him that they're the good guys he's the best wrestler in the world and his dad's son and internet lost their mind once they found out renee was uh pregnant so congratulations to them it was out there getting it started i see he's stupid as soon as she left wwe you dumb um yeah uh congrats to them um you know have you seen the pictures of uh a becky yet Yes, I, yeah, I did. I, Seth was wearing a chopper suit. <laughs> I didn't I don't even see uh, Seth's suit, but like, yeah, I don't know what it is, but like, you know, I, I guess now because I'm older before, so I didn't care about this shit, but like, seeing like, you know, seeing pregnant Becky made me really happy. It was like, look at her. She became a goddamn star. She got the, she's, she's, you know, she's away right now. When she comes back, they're going to beg her and plead her or whatever else. She, you know, she's out here making moves for Hollywood or, or plays for Hollywood. Good for her. Like, I'm just happy, I'm just happy for him. Um, and same thing for Renee is like, you know, I've always liked Renee. I always thought that like in a different role in it, if she was the, um, play by play person on commentary booth, like with her enthusiasm and her relatability, like she, she should have, you know, succeeded Cole, but they didn't want to do that. And they, and they miscast her as, uh, and it didn't work, but like, as a per, as a you know, just as the interviewer alone, she was she was somebody that was very good at her job, and like we'll see what happens um, in the future when it comes to um, whatever she wants to do. But like, I'm, I'm happy for him because like you know, it was a rough, you know it's been a rough year for a lot of us over the last uh, year yeah. and change. So uh, you know, especially when you know like she had to, she had COVID and shit. Like you know to see that like she's okay and you know um, she's pregnant now. Good, happy for them. Happy for them. Yeah. Um, so after that, we got um, uh, Orange Cassidy and Kip Sabian match. This was all right. Uh, I thought Cassidy looked uh, pretty good here. Uh, Miro was on commentary. Uh, Sabian early on, and uh, he he wasn't trying to let uh, Orange Cassidy put his hands in his pockets. Uh, Penelope Ford got involved a little bit. Felt like I haven't seen her for a long time, but she has uh, – <laughs> like, but – you know, she like hasn't wrestling? wrestled much. Yeah, she hasn't wrestled gotcha. much. Uh, she's gotcha. done a couple matches on Dark, but okay. um, she kind of feels like uh, like is do. But like, I feel like she should be getting back in there uh, sometime soon. So, um, but this ended up uh, Orange Cassidy got the win, um, and it was a really creative finish. Uh, he countered out of a swing swinging net breaker into like uh, the mouse trap, uh, and it was like. I, I like that finish there because you knew he was fucking dead to rights. <laughs> but the funniest part uh, was Miro running off a of commentary and then into the ring and, you know, just hitting that clothesline and looking so big and muscular and, and goofy at the same time. Takes his head off. Best friends come charging out. 
and Miro is fucking out of there. So, um, any thoughts on this one? Um, the match had its moments. It was, it was, but it, it never was sustained. Um, I don't know. Like, Kip's missing something, but once he figures it out, I think he'll be all right. I don't know what it is. I can't put my finger on it, but like, it feels like there's always something missing. Yes. You know, like the, the physicality, the, um, transition from move to move, the, I, I think he's way too cute in the ring. Mm. Okay. Like in a way, like when, you know, in a way, someone like, um, like if he could do a whole bunch of matches with with the Bucks, I think I think he could find it. But yeah, but that's, but that's but that's because the Bucks was telling him what to do, as opposed to yeah. you know, he figures it out on his own. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I can't. Like the thing is, like the people that I would want him in the ring with to try to get better with, like they would have to smoke him. So mm-hmm. he, so like, I don't necessarily think like it'd be the most ideal situation for him to be in the room with Pac because Pac would have to eat him up. Phoenix would have to eat him up. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, maybe Sammy. I want Sammy like one Sammy or, 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 or maybe like a maybe. maybe like a, a Ricky Starks type. Yeah, maybe. Um, but that's like stuff that's down the line. Like once somebody turns more babyface or or whatever else, right? So it's like right. there's uh, Jungle Boy, maybe Jungle Boy. Yeah, maybe jungle. Maybe 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 the jungle. The jungle. Uh, the jungle. Young jungle. You know. Um. You know. Then up next, we got the uh, contract signing for uh, Winter is Coming, which is it's being uh, dubbed as. Kenny made his uh, entrance and mentioned that he is indeed a wrestling reserve Hall of Famer. Um, and you know, much of this week's past, um, you know, discourse on Twitter was just like it exploded like into like mind numbing. Like I, uh, I was talking on Twitter, uh, with a young lady who's a very big Kenny Omega fan. I believe her name is like, I don't know if it's Brittany, if I'm not mistaken, but, uh, she said she, she summarized the, in, in a tweet, it better than I ever have on this show about like the reaction to Kenny. Uh, and this Hall of Fame stuff demonstrated this week. He was like, it's like they hear his name, and then all of a sudden the Kill Bill sirens go off. Like... (laughs) 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 Yep. And and they just, they lose their minds. So I I just wanted to share that, but um, Kenny came out, um, mentioned that Observer Hall of Fame thing, and said Moxley is not the Observer Hall of Fame. I found that cute. Um, And then, you know, he came out in the suit, was all ready, to go and then all of a sudden it was to the back and a bloodied moxley was back there uh being attended to by the doctor uh kenny was like what the fuck is this uh it's so all some with this guy uh ducking essentially making reference to the uh stab infection injury before that you know he had to pull out of the one match i mean i don't know man how we know moxley ain't attack himself you know I guess you could entertain that dumb question. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I just think I this, think you should. You is know? this AEW's first who done it? This is a who done it. This is a who done it. I don't think it's the first one. I'm just probably not remember. Yeah, okay. But yes, this, this, this will qualify as a who done it. But what? So like when 
they we only have one more TV before the match. Mm-hmm. So that's a quick who done it. It's not like a summer mystery. I think I think what happens is Moxley playing on the fact that he said he's been taking everybody's best shot. He's been worn down and beaten down. The 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 the, the and you, you can also throw in how you know Kenny had um. A easier path that he talked about in in the lead up to the tournament, how like he's kind of had his the smooth sailing as opposed to um, the champ getting everyone's best shot. He's getting attacked from people, and like he's injured, but he's going to go into the match injured, um, and that will be the the drama of Candice do Russell, one of the best wrestlers um, in the world, and survive while going into it injured. Like is is Moxley that? fucking tough of a bastard um and then i think you know after the after the match we'll get to reveal whoever it was or whatever else whether it's whether it's you know watch it be hangman or larger something i don't know i, can, I, can easily, I don't feel like it's kenny right now i, right, I, I don't think it is wrong but i think but i think it's like damn like i got my ass kicked i was a dick to the young bucks um, I, I walked half. I, 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 I walked halfway down. What's it called? I, I walked halfway down the the, uh, the aisle or the uh, the tunnel so I could so people could see me. And like, damn, I want that back. So I'm gonna try to win to get my. I'm gonna help this dude win the title to get my friend back or my family back, whatever he wants to call it. And then like, it could go from there. I, I'm not for sure. Like, I'm saying like it's something they could do if they wanted to or whatever else. Um. But yeah, like we'll see who it is. But I think we won't get revealed until after the the title match. Then we got um the Inner Circle Slays Vegas Part Two. Um, then they were drunk. The uh, an Elvis impersonator showed up uh, as the newest member of the Inner Circle. Um, a bunch it was kind of easy for him to get in. I mean, MJF had to win a whole pay per view match and, <sighs> and sing with Jericho and like debate him and all this other shit. Yeah, well, they're drunk, so. You know. Yeah, yeah. Maybe MJF should just offered him a drink. <laughs> um, yeah. So then it's a bunch of uh, it's a bunch of like references to and callbacks to the Hangover with the Wolfpack stuff. But I'm oh, sorry, um, with Wolfpack stuff and uh, the the um. Blood Brothers. Blood Brother thing, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Bro, and when was like, I'll cut myself right now, like bitch, I was hollering. <laughs> You know, I, I ain't seen, uh, you know, usually it's a, a man named Rhodes that's enthusiastic about um, cutting himself on, on this show. But, um, you know, MJF noted it was a full moon and they all howled at the moon. Then they woke up in bed the next morning. Jericho was with Elvis. So who knows what went on um, <laughs> that evening? Uh, MJF woke up. He was in the bathtub. Had stuff written all over his face as he went up to Sammy Guevara. Sammy Guevara is kind of just there. Santana was hanging out with chickens and uh, or CGI chickens, whatever the hell they were. And they they those chickens made him some money the previous night. Uh, they heard some crying, and then the crying was from Hornswoggle, who was dressed in a diaper. No use for this. Um, I another, didn't laugh. It was another I, reference to the to the hangover when they found a baby in the hotel in the hotel suite. Like, that's what it was. Gotcha. So I seeing somebody that didn't see the hangover and all that. I only kind of heard about the movie. Okay. All right. It, I only kind of heard about it. This all kind of like you know. This is like looking my phone time. 
Okay. <clears throat> yeah, it's. Uh, I'm not even gonna get into the Hangover. It's a, it's a, it was a funny movie. Watch it, whatever. Um, but the first one, the first one. Yeah. So uh, the they went one. back. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. So uh, Jericho was on commentary, and now it's that him and Hager are facing SCU next week. And then we got Pac versus the Blade. So welcome back uh, to Pac. Uh, you know, battle of the bodies here. Pac and the Blade. Uh, <laughs> Eddie Kingston joined commentary. And um, this uh, th- this match went long. And I think Pat was knocking some rust off. Uh, finishing sequence looked good. Uh, nothing, you know, kind of a high-level enhancement match, I would say. Uh, just, you know, making sure Pac kind of lands back where they need him to. But this one, uh, was pretty much all about the angle that followed it. Uh, the, the finish on this was, um, a black arrow into the brutalizer. That was pretty cool. After the match, uh, Pac grabbed a mic and he addressed Eddie Kingston, but the butcher laid him out. Big butch coming through. Um, and also throughout the match, uh, Pac was fighting off the butcher. He was going face to face with him and, uh, different stuff like that. Bunny was out there too. Um, Kingston, uh, you know, Phoenix ran out to make the save, uh, solidifying, you know, his split from Eddie Kingston. Of course, he didn't like being kicked. And then, uh, you know, Butcher Blade and Eddie start beating him down. And all of a sudden, Penta El Zero Miedo comes out and he has the steel chair and it's, Full NWO ninety six. Whose side is he on? And <laughs> all we were missing was Bobby Heenan. <laughs> so uh Penza stays true to uh his brother and you know Pac reforming Death Triangle and we've got two units here and these guys are celebrating. Uh James, what do you think about all this? Um like oh I'm over the moon that um that Death Triangle has been reassembled. Um, Look, and they had the music ready too. Yeah, quick. Yeah, <laughs> how convenient, right? Quick. Um, but yeah, like I'm, I'm worried that they're back together. Like that's one of the biggest losses of wrestling in 2020. In my opinion, just like not seeing those three together. Um, but yeah, it it was you know they they kind of put this together really fast and something they could have, you know, they could have spent more time on as far as like, um, the pacing of it. Like they could have done this over a span of like maybe like two more weeks, but to get the full impact of it, but whatever, um, we're here now. And it was, it wasn't like it was done poorly. It's just like the, just the emotional weight of it, of will he actually turn will, um, Penta actually turn his brother. Like it just doesn't feel like real. Um, um, I know they they had teased like you know arguing with each other, which led to Kingston swooping in and adding them to Kingston Inc or whatever you want to call it. Those five um, at one point, but like we had kind of been past that for a while, and it really didn't come back until Penta beat the shit out of a uh, Phoenix. Uh, was that last or two episodes ago? So in the match, so um, it's like they kind of dropped that and then they picked it back up and they never actually brought up like the turmoil that those two had back then we we're just supposed to remember that and like i'm sorry like i'm a nerd with that remembers this kind of stuff like that's not i'm not the average fan um i wish i was the average fan just following the dumb shit they give me as long as it's fire but whatever um so yeah um let's see what they do with it like if they're gonna have a uh you know 
a tournament or whatever they break this out, but like they have all these teams, you know, seemingly built to do this. Ready. Yeah. Ready. Um, I was happy to see Death Triangle reformed. Um, next week we're getting, uh, Pac and Phoenix against Butcher and the Blade. It's going to be, uh, pretty good. You know, I say Butcher and Blade always make everything better and they can go ahead and catch those, those flyers. So like the Death Triangle are like babyface adjacent. Um, it seems like on this. Their baby so. faces against these guys. Yeah. So hopefully, you know, we'll see how that goes. Cause, uh, that, you know, we can use some more. Um, baby faces. Then, yeah. Yeah. So, I, you know, I always take uh, some good guys to cheer. So, um, then, uh, Shivani sent it to the back and they got word of also another altercation backstage. Uh, Jay Cargo was beating up Brandy Rhodes and pilmanizing her arm. Vic Guerrero and Nyla Rose were holding it, holding everyone back and then Big Swole, uh, tried to jump in and, and jump on Jade. So maybe you get a Big Swole and Jade match. Serena Serena D was also, um, Came to uh, Brady's assistant after she uh, got her uh, arm broken or whatever, too. Gotcha. Just a note. And then up next, we had um, the NWA Women's World Championship match. Serena Deeb and Thunder Rosa. This was excellent. Um, this was like, it was wrestled at a deliberate pace that just like picked up as we went throughout the match. And it was just like a lot of like great counters, great physicality. Um, some suplexes and, um, they did some interference with Britt that didn't lead to the finish. Um, I actually like that because, you know, the integrity of the match didn't fall apart after. Um, and the Britt Baker thing, it, it was kind of simmering on Twitter. Like, if you, you know, you pay attention closely, there's a lot of like stuff that's going on with like Britt. It's like, well, like you're overshadowing this division. Like you're coming from the outside, like with this belt or whatever. And, you know, you're getting these, you know, chances to do that shit. But like, I'm like the, the one here. So, uh, that few started tonight. Uh, but Serena defended the belt here and I really enjoyed this match. Yeah. It's a good ass match. Good ass match. Um, yeah, I, some people didn't like the the uh, the Brit interference and the fact that it didn't lead directly to the finish. I was relatively fine with it. It was like you got your shot in. I survived. I still lost. Like, um, and I don't. I'm, I wouldn't necessarily. I think people are looking at it in terms of WWE of like, was this enough? Was this enough bill for protection for somebody? And I don't think it was. It was like, um, she lost. And this asshole interfered in my match. I'm fucking furious. I just, I just lost a chance to get my belt back. I'm going to rock her when I get. To, I'm going to whoop her ass when I get a chance. She had no business being in my fucking match. Like right. I don't need necessarily a belt for if she's going to lose anyway. Like I, I it I think also that, protects Serena and give her a strong win, like as a babyface too. I wasn't even thinking about that part as much as like I don't really care about shooting Sir uh, Thunder Rosa Bell right now, like. As far as like, oh, she would have won if dot dot dot. Like, nah, I'm. I don't think that's what their intention was. I think it was they had a match. Somebody interfered. I lost the match. Fuck you for even getting involved in my, right. in my shit. Um, right. As opposed to people trying to come up with you know WWE you know transitive logic. But yeah, um, I like the brawl they did too. It was like you know it was a real cap fight. Like <laughs> at the end, <laughs> on the outside, they, they were swinging out there. Um, I didn't even think about that. So we've got, um, and then they announced uh, after that, 
Anna Jay will be challenging uh, Hikaru Shida next week. She's won four matches in a row, so a couple things going on right now. I, I'm definitely here for a Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa match. Yep. Whenever that comes, Serena's going through with the NWA uh, women's belt, and we've got another um, – what was the other thing that happened? Uh, Jay Cargill. Yeah. So, like, look at them. Look at them. Them build up these storylines and for this like division that like they barely did anything with in like the span of like seemingly two weeks, maybe three weeks. It's like see what happens when you try. <laughs> like it was just like, can you try? Damn, and now to try it. So good for them so far. They're off to a good start. Yeah. So um, Anna J referenced them fighting when she was a rookie. Of course, uh, the the first um, time they were at QT's gym. And NJ turned everyone's heads. <laughs> like, who the fuck is that? <laughs> and uh, she's back now because she claims she's no longer a rookie. So is, it's a different story that she's in the dark order. Is there any chance that um, Tay Conti is going to get on the microphone next to Anna J and tell us how Anna J had emotional scars from? when she was in QT's gym and Brandy told her that she did something wrong and it ruined her relationship with her boyfriend. And now she doesn't think she's pretty anymore. So now she is trying. So now she is, uh, trying to fuck, uh, Cody Rhodes or pretend to fuck Cody Rhodes to, uh, make Brandy mad. And then Brandy, uh, shows up, uh, at the hotel where the, the affair was going to be planned after Cody brought her with her to whoop her. And then all of a sudden, like, Anna, <laughs> Anna, like whoops her for, for after getting to jump on her. Or is this, I'm, I'm talking about Jay. I'm talking about uh, Jay and I'm talking about the Usos and, um, and, 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 and Manny Rose and, and, Manny Rose and, and Naomi. Yes. That's exactly I was what I'm wondering. Thinking. Cause like, what the, f- I remember that's like, what the fuck is this? Like, this is stupid. Brady or Naomi still, they got her, uh, her heat back from that. Like, they- <laughs> <laughs> that was oh. a terrible storyline. Oh my God. <sighs> yeah. Um, yeah, so Darby Allen, uh, video package aired. This guy's a fucking weirdo. He's he's <laughs> sitting inside a church and he sets himself on fire. Yeah. Like, just bring him out. Like I don't, <laughs> like I don't know what the fuck this was. Um, then uh, we got Team Taz versus uh Brian Cage, or excuse me, uh, Team Taz of comprised of Brian Cage and Ricky Starks against Cody and Darby Allen. Uh, hell of a match here and i don't know some of the presentation stuff i take you know an exception with maybe just because you know i don't like cody particularly but um um he comes out last after the champion enormous amounts of pyro still um he's the one that avoids the pinfall and he gets the angle done to him after the match it's all presentation stuff, but uh, I just thought it was important to note all that happened. Uh, but I like the match. Um, uh, Cage and Ricky Starks uh, got a what I feel like is a real elevation here. Feels like they're important. They don't. They're not here to fuck around. Um, they're not laughing like the inner circle. Um, they're not you know goofy clowns or dorks like the Dark Order. Um, like they, they, they're here to fuck you up essentially. <laughs> Um, art, yeah. <laughs> What's up? No, 
because you're like they're not they're not doing goofy uh, comedy shit like in a circle. They're not dorks. I'm like, just go ahead and say it. They have sex with women, <laughs> like the dark fucking incels. So I'm like, like, just go ahead and say what you really mean. You know, you know, R- Ricky looked like he's swimming. You know, um, you know, Kay's a married man, so you know, I won't uh, insult his wife like that. But um, yeah, so like, there's a, a couple things that happened in here. Um, a lot of big moves. This, the finish in this match was super. Uh, Arn Anderson did get thrown out um, from. You know, he was Arn Anderson's absolutely useless. By the way, useless. Wasn't he needs that to go a home. spot to get a commercial break? Yeah, he tossed a chair in the ring. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like, what the fuck are you doing, Arn? Um, after that, like, break. yeah, Cage and Stars beat on uh, Cody, and Cody reached for uh, the, re- the the hot tag. Uh, Allen ran wild on Team Chat, Team Taz, and um, you know, just a lot of great back and forth action in this. You know, this was um wrapped up by Allen um basically getting caught in a bad position by um by Brian Cage. Brian Cage was up on the top rope, uh went on the second rope and he stopped the coffin drop and he hit the avalanche drill claw to pin the champion, presumably setting up um a future title match with Cage and um Darby Allen. I get the booking from there. But, um, yeah, this was crazy. Uh, so that's two weeks in a row, Brian Cage with like a super finish to one of his matches out of the turnbuckle. Um, then after the match, uh, so yeah, you know, we've watched Will Hobbs, um, appear and always, you know, kind of, kind of come a little late, kind of just show up, um, kind of just, Come out and never really make contact with one for the last couple of weeks. James had the running joke of, you know, Willie Save a White Man Hobbs. Uh, um, that, that, that is that is your nickname. I did not make it a nickname. I just noted that that man always out here saving white men. That's all I was saying. That's all I said. You you made yeah, it into a, I, into a running, I, uh, I, um, aka. Yeah, this is an editorialization of that. But um, I don't appreciate it. <laughs> I you don't know, appreciate I, it. Last week on this show, I sat here and told you I was like, he ain't never made contact with them boys ever. All the times he tried to save them, some may right. You know, maybe he's really with Team Taz. And what do you know? AW rewards your boy for paying attention. So Willie comes out, no shirt on. Wearing the grease, <laughs> chair in hand, or I don't believe he had the chair actually. Um, he helps Cody to his feet, chases off Team Taz. They get out the ring, uh, Cage and starts looking at him full of, you know, adrenaline, all staring at each other. Willie picks up the uh, FTW championship and appears that he wants to run it with Cage. Cage, not really, you know, interested in this. All of a sudden, Cody's getting up, and he's, like, kind of thanking Hobbs. He's got his hands on his shoulders. All of a sudden, Will Hobbs cocks back and lays Cody Rose the fuck out with the um, FCW title. And Taz jumps in and says that Willie Hobbs has joined Team Taz, 
completely shocking most of the audience, I'd say. I thought this was awesome. For me, it wasn't shocking, but it was like, mm-hmm. damn, they set it up beautifully for weeks, and like, I don't think people picked it up. One of the first, like, real great turns, I think, in the history of AW. Yeah. Um, you had pointed it out astutely. I wasn't paying much attention to it, but they used it, and, like, that's what we, like, this is the thing we talk about swerves. Swerves are good when, and turns are good when they make sense, and, mm-hmm. like, you can follow, and there are breadcrumbs to either lead you to it, or you can go back and, and go over them and review them. Um, like, long story short, you can do pretty much anything you want to if it makes fucking sense. <laughs> yeah. And looking at it from, um, the Willie Hobbs perspective now, or Will Hobbs, um, now he has a lot less pressure on him rather than, you know, being a babyface on the roster because it looks like there weren't too many places to fit him, um, at the moment. However, you can get him in this group now with these guys with tons of experience with Cage and Starks, uh, and Taz <laughs> to, to do all the talking and you can protect them, build them up essentially like another Wardlow. Um, and then flip the switch on him back whenever he starts to really catch with the audience. And it's a lot more low-pressure situation, I think, for him. Yeah. Aside from that, that was AEW. Another awesome show. Uh, they're on a roll, and I think they're going to be uh, really tough to deal with on the second. Like, Because I feel like there's going to be some with Pac and Kingston uh, that are – is going to be on that show. Uh, the Bucks probably will be defending the belts against, you know, maybe TH2 or something like that. Um, TNT titles in play with Darby. Uh, they've got Hobbs in this situation here with, with maybe with Hobbs and Cody as a match. Who knows? Um, but there's, they got a lot of good stuff set in, and it, they're not waiting for the next pay-per-view to cycle to get going. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and I think that's going to help them, especially um, at the end of the year. Because the end of the year last year, they kind of like they were in between a cycle at the end of the year, and then they had the, the shit at the the last dynamite of twenty nineteen, which is like don't ever do that again. Um, so so yeah, I think they're off to a um, they're off to the races um, after the cycle. Um, yeah, so I guess we go to NXT. Um, NXT starts with a title rematch between Johnny Gargano and um, Leon Ruff. They start with a video package of showing of Leon Ruff coming down to the ring. They show a video package of Leon Ruff getting the upset victory last week. Um, Johnny Gargano comes in and it's also interspersed with um, Leon Ruff giving you a background of who he is, where he's from. Um, He's from Detroit. So, hey, shout out to Detroit. <laughs> you want to give a civic shout out to Wayne County or some shit? Yes. Uh, so- Wayne County, where you at? <laughs> um, so, uh, then, like, Johnny comes out and cuts off the promo or cuts out the video packages. Enough of this. I'm going to come down here and beat your ass. Um, and Johnny then proceeded to mostly beat his ass. He took, like, 90% of this match. There was some, uh, I take that back. He gave him two different uh, spots. Uh, 
but it was mostly Johnny whooping his ass. He lawn darted him um, into the middle turnbuckles, and you know Leon Ruff. Leon Ruff just fantastic and bumping around again, his ass kicked and he getting chopped. But like it, at one point in the match, Leon Ruff ended up doing this thing I don't think I've ever seen before. He gets Johnny out to the floor. He hits the ropes on the other side. He's by the ropes. Um, like the ropes that are running parallel to the way he's running. He does a triple jump, uh, springboard. I don't want to say springboard. He has one springboard. Triple jump. And on, at the triple jump, he has both feet on the top rope and then he front flips to the floor. And he landed on his feet and he barely even touched Johnny. And I was like, he's even better than I thought he was. I thought he was like, Bro, I told you. I like, thought, and I thought he thought like, yeah, he's clearly raw, but look at him. He's going to job, but he's going. He's an elite jobber, right? And it's like, yeah, he can like, he, yo, he can like that man's like that man was like, wrestling long matches and evolve. Yeah, like he's 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 so he does that. Uh, by that point in time, uh, he gets back in the ring. Johnny cuts him off. Uh, Demi Priest comes out up the ramp, the top of the ramp, um, and. Johnny sees it and actually he's about to, Johnny's about to finish him with uh, the super kick. Sees Damian Priest up on top of the ramp. He starts talking to him. Um, Leon Ruff gets a, uh, a a small package. Johnny kicks, lays him out with a a super kick, I think, while uh, Ruff is on his knees. He sets him up like he's about to give him the, uh, the spring or the slingshot DDT. He hits it. He's by the ropes, of course. And Damian Priest, one, two, Damian Priest pulls him out the ring, says, I'm sorry, kid. Hits with a big forearm. DQ to match. Damian, I'm sorry, uh, Leon Ruff is still the champion. He's fucked Johnny. Johnny blows his stack. He's furious. And um, they go to the back. Um, it was a short match, but it was good while it lasted. Um, and, like, they they're giving Leon Ruff more in these matches or whatever else. Um I believe Leon Ruff is an AR Fox guy. Mm. Okay. Is AR Ruff is he still involved or is he out? Evolve doesn't exist anymore. That, so that's true, I, I assume true. he's out. <laughs> I mean like okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um We get a backstage promo with Cameron Grimes. He says I'm a I'm he's gonna beat up Loomis, because he doesn't have to look at his eyes, and he says he's on a rocket ship to the moon. Oh, I forgot about this. The blindfold match. Oh, come back. Loomis and Hold Grimes. On, Loomis and Grimes and a blindfold match. Out. That's that's just what we want from the no BS. Right. Um. <laughs> guess who the ref was, Rich? <sighs> Who's the ref, James? The zombie ref that Lumen or that uh, Grimes has been scared of the past two weeks or yeah, three man. weeks. Or Why are the they fuck? still doing the zombie shit? His face. No, no, no. You gotta remember, he was a zombie doing that one match. He has been a zombie since. It's just that Grimes remembers that he was a zombie, so he's scared or hesitant towards him. Uh, anyway, so this is like. Only Hulk Hogan can see the Ultimate Warrior in the mirror, but the audience can't. I don't fucking know. 
It's really just a highlight that, that Cameron Grimes is very good at comedy, so they've made him a coward um, as opposed to one of the best wrestlers on this roster. And it, and they put him with Loomis because Loomis is a scary guy, so you have this dude be a cowardly heel um, that eventually gets, gets his heat in when you know he's not looking or he's blind or whatever else. And ultimately... These are shitty matches that was getting neither one of them over because all things Loomis sucks. Anyway, um, where to go, Loomis? They Loomis in the ring comes. They both get in the ring. They put the the blindfold thing. It's not even a blindfold. It's like a bag, like a bur- like a big yeah, black the, the, bag. The big over there. sack. The black yeah, sack. The, yeah. the, the, yes, the big sack. <laughs> 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 they they put the big sacks on these boys' heads, and they had uh, the white string. No string, just sacks. Okay, <laughs> just, just sacks. I'm like fucking eleven years old. Anyway, um, up their face. They wow. So they, Loomis basically is like two thirds standing in a corner, basically like three feet out from the corner, and doesn't budge. Maybe let's say four feet. Grimes starts feeling around. He bumps off of uh, the ropes. He walks behind Loomis. He comes around to another corner. He accidentally traps the ref in the corner. The ref doesn't move him or whatever else. He fills the, the ref he punches out the ref. He stomps the shit out the ref. The dog shot the ref. The ref is out on the apron. Keeps stomping and stomping and stomping him until Grimes just takes off the sack and realizes it's the ref. He turns around and he sees that Loomis is standing there. So he he moves away from where he was. He sneaks around, tiptoes, and then he charges at Loomis. Loomis ducks it. He hits him a couple times. The sack ends up off his eyes. He starts beating the shit out of um, your boy. The, another ref never comes, even though a couple weeks ago, a ref ran down in the middle of um, the ref bump after the Kushida and Grimes match. The, the, that same zombie ref, there was no other ref this time. Um, he's or Your boy's about to Loomis is about to, or not your boy, I'm sorry, uh, please forgive me. Loomis is about to, <laughs> Loomis no, is about to. Not a rich lad of pro wrestler. Right. Yeah, uh, Loomis is about to put away Grimes. Grimes escapes. He climbs over the top of the fence, of the fencing over the, the uh, uh, plexiglass and runs away. Loomis is stare, walks up to the plexiglass, stares at him running away and then looks, stares directly into the camera and it didn't say like to be continued or the end in the way that that House of Horrors match that they had uh, for Halloween Havoc ended, but it may as well have. It was a, this shit will, so, is not over. Wow, this is so a worst. They, for you, this is they, a worst for you to year contender. So they couldn't even give us a finish in the blindfold match. Why would you want one? Who gives a fuck? It was an awful match. Like it, this, God. bro. Like the, the 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 legacy of the blindfold match is so rich. You know. Uh, who can yeah. forget WrestleMania seven, you know, Rick, the model Martell and Jake, the snake Roberts, a match. I will, I, I enjoy <laughs> to this day, man. Okay. So backstage, um, by the workout stuff, um, 
Regal is telling Priest, hey, bro, you can't be interfering in fucking title match. What's wrong with you? And uh, Priest says, hey, man, I'm just playing. It's just a little, it's just, I'm just fucking with Johnny. He's, you know, he's a jerk. You know, you, you know, you don't like him either. It's just, uh, you know, I'm just playing a little joke. So, in, uh, in walks Ruff. Ruff hears it and says, oh, so I'm a joke to you. Um, and Priest is trying to say, hey, man, I'm just looking out for you. This dude could really hurt you. He's like, uh, okay. Worry about really hurt. Slaps the fire out of, uh, Damian Priest and walks away. Um, and then, um, Regal says, you deserve that. And then they, they went away from that. Um, Oh, actually, I take it back. There's also a part where said, today. Oh, there's also slap. part. There's also a part where before that, Ruff said, "If you think I'm a joke, if y'all think I'm jokes, then like I'm gonna hand you this here belt and I'm gonna just rip up my contract because I ain't no joke." And then he slapped him. Mm. So he has a backbone. He's not just a comedy geek. Like they're they're slowly building it. He has a backbone. Um, How nice of them, right? Uh, so then we get a, a video. Um, of Chauncey Blackheart seemingly trying to rebuild either the rebuild something. We don't know what it is. Uh, I'm assuming she's trying to rebuild the tank, but she tells Candace, this ain't over. I'm going to get my revenges and I'm going to get it at war games. So, so it's like the new no limit. Like she's trying to rebuild the tank. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, P. Miller clothes, you know, little Romeo. Anyway, um, yeah, so we end up getting December 6th. So, um, that's a sun, that's the Sunday following, um, the Omega in, um, Moxley match. So, uh, like, why do they have the captain teams? Say, say again. They- they can't just have one on one match. Like they gotta have a war game match too. It's war game season, so they're doing war games. That's all I can tell you. Works they shouldn't me. be doing war games because they're in the fucking PC. <laughs> Where the fuck they gonna put another ring? Are there's they gonna have for, to like there's room for a second ring? But the thing uh. is, why? Like I mean, they put the storylines in place where you're gonna put where they have enough women to do it, and they've already sold enough seeds to, to do it, especially after this show. Um, but it's also just like, why must there be a war games? You're doing a war games, and, it, and you have to have these people do a war games match and take war games level bumps in front of like fifty people. Yeah. Like I'm gonna watch it. I'm sure it'll be another great pay per view. They've yet to have a bad War Games uh, takeover, but still, it's like you didn't have to do this. No one was clamoring for War Games, except you know William Regal being a meme of saying War Games every. But he year. didn't even say War Games. It was it was um Shotzi this time. I get what you're saying, like, but yeah, I mean, I guess, I guess, actually, I take it back. I guess that Regal be able to say war games for the men's side once they do Undisputed versus, uh, McAfee Goon. So, so yeah. yeah. Anyway, um, next match is, uh, Candice LeRae, Andy Hartwell versus Caden Carter and, and, and Casey. Um, 
when Casey was in and shined, it was good. Basically, when the baby faces shined, it was good. When they were selling, um, it was slightly awkward throughout. It went short. It wasn't that good. Uh, basically, at the end of it, they end up isolating um, Kaden and, and um, Candace gives her a, basically like a arm-assisted curb stomp for the win. Oh, also, I, I picked up on Indy's, uh, she has this thing where, like, she starts her match, this is the second time I've heard her, I've seen her do this, starts the match, and she's normally in there with pip squeaks, and she, you know, circles the ring twi- once or twice, and it stops and says, you're not impressive! <laughs> what? Okay, I, it is, it is random goofiness, but whatever, uh, you're not, and like, now I'm thinking, like, how do I put that into, uh, well, the um oh man the iconics are broken up but like I can imagine Billy Kay saying that shit and being even funnier I don't know why no. you're not impressive uh anyway so we end up getting a video package for Arturo Rujas I'm oh, sorry Arturo Rujas who we have so, not seen in he was NXT. in the Raw Underground right he was on Raw Underground right but Rich, I believe I I remember seeing um, they get this big this awesome vignette for him months ago, and he had he didn't show up, he'd been gone, and then he did the the uh, the raw underground stuff. So I decided to look it up. I was like, I remember he did that awesome thing. He talked about you know, Hapkido black belt, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu black belt, and you know he's you know he a million disciplines. Black belt, right? And I was like, when was this? I went to YouTube, typed in uh Ruas, and found out that that vignette aired. I'll wait till you finish drinking uh, the water you're drinking. I don't want you to spit on the mic. <laughs> it aired December of 2019. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? I couldn't fucking believe it. I was like, it's been that long. He's been gone for almost a fucking year. Where has he been? He's clearly been healthy. He was in front of the ground. You can use this guy? Bro, like, he's in the wrestling school, to, you know, doing bumps with the headgear, I guess. Dude. What anyway, the fuck, like, they, they play how the it. fuck do you, like, do a video package for a dude and then he doesn't show up on the show? For a year. Right. So, they showed this video, they didn't show the same video package. The reason why it made me think of that, of looking up that video package, because it's in the same style as the black belt one. So, yeah. it's like, this clearly is some shit that was shot back a year ago, that just is like, bring it back out. So, they go to commercial break and come Who back. Is this Brackus? <laughs> <laughs> So, dude, in the nineties, with all the muscles. So they Bracket come back is coming soon after a after commercial break, and it's him versus Kushida, who else? And bro, all they did like almost all these Kushida matches, they both went for each other's left arms. They both sl- tried to slap on finishers or sorry uh, submissions and and fight in and out of them and strike each other hard. 
Um, and then ultimately the end of the match is, uh, who else gets a, ex, a single leg X guard on, um, on Kushida. He's like, oh no, he's about to like, after, you know, basically cutting through dudes like a knife through butter with the submission stuff. Kushida, he finally met somebody that's kind of tough. He's like, fuck, he has my leg. And they basically get out of it with the, um, the Thatcher riddle first match finish where you have a single leg X guard. You're he's about to slap on like a heel hook or something. You're kind of fucked mm-hmm. here. Uh, pin his shoulders to the mat. Get him out here. <laughs> One, two, three. So they look at each other or whatever else, but Kushida won. Ruaz slinks off or whatever else, but it's like, he also didn't get, just get beat. So it's like, they're going to do something with him. What exactly? I don't know. Hopefully is matches with Kushida and Thatcher. That's what I'm hoping. And like, uh, you know, Kyle O'Reilly and, um, I'm trying to think who else would be somebody. Only Lorcan. Hopefully, he does those matches. Like Russ wrestles those guys. Like basically, like uh, the, the the shooter division of NXT. He works with those guys. Like no Loomis, no Loomis whatsoever. W- w- you stay nah, away. Nah, Loomis in the shooter division. No, he's not. You no, know, that that man has submitted Timothy Thatcher before. He's <laughs> superior submission specialist than, than this man. So whenever they're done, whoever wins out of all those dudes, they can go see Big Dex after that. Wow. Big Dex. Terrible. Uh, so then after this match, we end up getting um, a backstage promo with uh, Ember and Tony Storm uh, as they're about to go face Raquel and Dakota. And they talk about um, Ember's match where she lost to Dakota two weeks ago and Raquel's interference played into it and um, they said they're sick of their shit and they've been cheating um, and she remembers that Dakota is one of the best women's wrestlers um, in WWE Why did, I don't understand why she has to do this bullshit but you know I'm gonna pay back some paybacks a bitch I'm a, she didn't say that but like I'm gonna get payback and I'm with Tony and so then um, Tony says, yeah, I'm here with you, but you know, you know, we both came back on the same day. And once we're done with this, um, it's back to both of us, you know, challenging for the, um, NXT women's title. Um, Ember tells her, don't look, I'm with you. Let's just handle this. And then, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll still, you know, strive to be the best. And then they, they go off and they have the match. Good ass match. Um, Raquel, Raquel might be, um, depending on how the rest of this, like, year goes, like, she should be getting votes for most improved. Um, I don't, and because, like, she's in good matches constantly now. Or not constantly, but, like, she's consistently in good matches. Like, she's a lot better than she was a year ago. Um, mm-hmm. she almost fucking killed her, I can't even say a year ago. Like, you think of when she debuted and she almost fucking killed Tegan on that table at, uh, Brook, or Portland to now where she's in, you know, she's in the, the Amazon match. Uh, she's having matches with, uh, with other people. She's killing people. Like, they, they see stuff, they see something in her. Obviously, we already knew that because she's tall, but, like, she could be, like, Oh, I'm not even going to get into it, but like as far as I'm thinking of main roster stuff, like she could be someone I could absolutely see them pushing. Um, but yeah, she just has to get better, and she's on her she's on the way. Which you know, I didn't think she was going to get this good, given what we've seen from her the previous couple of years. But yeah, um, really good match. Um, Tony started with uh, Dakota. In comes Ember for a short hot tag. Ember, yeah, man, Ember's better than Tony. 
Eh. Oh yeah. Like no, no, I mean obviously we know that, but like when I if I got to hear Dave Meltzer talk about how how good Tony Storm is, even though she is very damn good, and then like see them tag with each other and then see the clear difference of the level of athleticism, striking, and pace. Nah, don't want to hear it. Just don't. Like she came <laughs> in there a million strikes, uh, hurricane rana deals, uh. Code breakers, and that said, and she ended up um, getting worked stretched into like some gory special looking thing by Raquel. Um, gets out of it, tags in Tony. Um, Tony runs wild with suplexes. It is cool thing where she does like almost like the uh, angle three German thing where like, but on this third German, like Dakota is like throwing back elbows to her face. She just shut the shit off and still throw on her on her damn back. And then, um, I think there was a run in. Uh, <laughs> Pretty sure those were on it. Hold on. Uh, <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Um, Dakota ended up. Uh, everybody in about the ring. Dakota ended up getting Tony back in the ring, and uh, Tony ends up like sucking her with the inside cradle for the win. Um, after that, uh, Dakota and I'm sorry, uh, Candice and Indy come down to the ring and help uh, beat up. Ember in Tony, which sounds like, and after it happens, you see uh, the four smiling at each other, the four heels smiling at each other. So he's like, "Oh, we know what." Okay, Dakota, Candice, Raquel, Indy is the heel team for Women's War Games. You you know that uh, it just so happened all you know be here together. Ember and uh, Tony are on the babyface team, and is like, "Okay, so you didn't you you." did bring them in to be title challenges for EO in the long term. You also brought them in to be in war games. <laughs> yep. you, you did both. Uh, which, fine by me, war game, women's war games last year was fucking awesome. Uh, so, so then you get Timothy Thatcher versus August Gray. August Gray is a, one of, is the very first student of Thatcher's Thatch can from like a, about a month ago where he beat the shit out of that dude. Um, so they have the match, and mostly it's Thatcher's wearing that dude down, except for when it comes to like striking and like the strikes are he's um he's selling for him big. Um, ultimately, the Austin Gray dude he goes to the top turnbuckle, he steps off the top turnbuckle, gets two feet on the ropes, and goes for like some flippy deal. Man, Thatcher gave that man a forearm shot that reminded me of like a Cesaro European uppercut, mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, and then he and then he pinned the dude and got the fuck out of there. Uh, it it was nice while it lasted, but it was a super short thing. It was it was a squash. Um, gotcha. so this is Anthony Greener from Evolve. Okay, yeah, August Gray. Yeah. Okay, yeah, which is funny because like when he showed up in the Thatch Thatch Can School, he was awesome. He he was Anthony, and now he's. Now he's Austin Gray. Um, anyway, so Thatcher gets on the mic and says, or not on the mic, they actually just cut the volume. He says, you didn't learn while you were a student in my class. He says, uh, the first le- or one of the lessons is don't pick a fight with someone you can't whoop or beat. And then he, uh, he slaps, he slaps him in a hold or whatever else out comes ch- out, walks down to the ring, Champa. Champa walks to the ring, goes face to face with uh, not face to face, but like gets close 
uh, the eye to eye contact with Thatcher. Thatcher like he's like I don't want no smoke. He he slowly gets out the ring and then walks away. So they're setting up for Thatcher versus Chomp, which should be a good ass match. Um, so Chompa cut that promo last week, and it was about Thatcher. Right. He's cutting okay. a boomer. He's cutting boom. He's cutting uh a, an old timey fight man. Old timey promo about the youth, and then he decides to to take that out on the grizzled <laughs> submission the, the, specialist, the, 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 the tough white man himself. <laughs> Whatever, like. I, I agree with you. It's dumb. Like it makes sense for uh, Velveteen Dream. It does not make. It does not apply to Timmy Thatcher. Um, but yeah, they're gonna have a good ass match. Uh, so then um, they come out for commercial break. They ask Champa backstage, "What was that about? Why did you come out and make the save?" And he's like, "It's pretty simple. I want to fight Timothy Thatcher and walks away." Um, then. Uh, Damian Priest comes down to the ring for a match. Um, as he gets on the the still steps to do his pose, Johnny comes comes out and attacks him. They brawl around the ringside area. Uh, they tease like they're going to hit each other with big moves um, on the uh, table. Ultimately, um, neither one does. All of a sudden, Leon Ruff comes down to the ring um, after those two finally get back into the ring fighting. Um, and he's trying to help beat up Johnny, but Johnny keeps ducking. So he ends up like hitting Damian priest. Ultimately it leads to, uh, Johnny charging while Damian priest is in the, uh, or in the ropes or on the apron and rough either sidesteps or helps or, you know, reverse the momentum and throws both of them out the ring. And then they cut to this shot, which is a great shot. Uh, they cut to the shot where Johnny uh, of the mat looking over the, uh, looking over to the, uh, uh, stage. You see Johnny and Damian Priest's heads both slowly with a face of like, what the fuck? Or how dare you in disgust and anger, both at the same time in unison rise above the sea level of the ring. Uh, and they're both looking at this dude like, what the fuck, Slash? I can't believe, I didn't know he was actually that good. Um, so, they're both pissed, and they both get into the ring, and as they both get into the ring, uh, Leon Ruff, like, uh, I think he just a tope out the ring and, and lands on his feet and, and comes out unscathed. Um, so, uh, he, uh, he ends up saying that he wants a, uh, triple threat match. Um, or actually, no, later in the show, they... Damian Priest or Johnny Arano is looking for him and Regal has let, lets it be known that like he has requested a triple threat match for North American title. So they're going to beat him to get the belt on one of them too. Um, or they're just going to pin Johnny again. I don't know. Whatever. So <laughs> oh my god. Uh, we're told that next week uh, Barrett won't be there for commentary so they're going to do Kevin Owens. Um, in commentary, so it's like it's one year, one time a year where he does charity for NXT. Ah. Uh. <clears throat> bro, they were stretching Regal out thin this week. They had, they had Regal, the, the general manager of NXT work as a truancy officer and show up to Boa's apartment 
door, not on it, as boa, where you been? You weren't, you weren't at the PC this week. In fact, I haven't seen Zaya at the PC in two weeks. What's going on? Boa says, yeah, didn't come in. Um, this, after they recapped, uh, the, uh, this shit, they, they show the, the, the dragon, they show the old Asian dude come down. And Shang Song? The, uh, it, it, yeah, may as well be Shang Song. Have you seen pictures of this shit yet? No. It, it, it's Shang's, it's, it's Shang's Sungus. Anyway. So, um, so is it Shang Song Mortal Kombat 1, like with the gray hair, one, or is it one, like, one, oh, okay. Absolutely yeah. one, absolutely one. Uh, so, they tell us while they're replaying what happened last week that like, yes, his name is, uh, Shefu, or Shifu, Shifu, cause I remember sound like seafood, Shifu, and that translates into master, and I was like, god damn it. Anyway, back to, uh, the truancy office, the truancy check, Boa says, uh, she, I, 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 I didn't show up. He didn't give a good answer why he didn't show up. But he said she's coming. And then, um, he's. Did Regal show up with a mask on? No, no. So Man, then, yeah. so then, uh, exactly. So then, when asked about Zaya, he said she's hiding. And then he said that she's coming. She is clearly another wrestler. I don't know who she is, but whatever. Um, I, I just like, God damn, they got Regal on like five different segments. He, he's trying to manage like Johnny. He's, he, he's out here like checking. He, he's like a fuck. He's a truancy officer. I don't know. What does, what does the GM role in, in NXT actually entail? Cause I could have swore it meant I was in my office. I write, I make matches. I write checks and I cash checks. Now he out here, he out here checking behind, running behind these dudes. I, staffed in during the pandemic. I guess so. You showing up to work? Are you showing up to work? <laughs> like you coming? To, not like yeah. Okay, that's a that's a you know that's a no show no call. Just hey, bro. What? Like he couldn't make the work? phone call. He he couldn't make the phone call. Like maybe his phone died. I wish he, he, I wish he had to commute. I wish Rigan William would show up to my close to my house. What are you doing here? You didn't show up to work. Where's your so, man? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, where is your mask? Where do you <laughs> can't let you in? COVID, yeah. you know? Oh, it's yeah, yeah. Hello, 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 police. Excuse me. Hey, come get this man out of my community. <laughs> what are you doing here? <laughs> Remove him from the paint. He does not belong. <laughs> anyway, um, we end up getting the uh, Rhea versus EO, the uh, title match. Uh. Good ass match, actually great match. I gave it four stars. Um, it is basically Rhea's big, Eo is faster. Um, Eo gets a hold of Rhea's left arm and goes to work on it through different ways. Um, at the end, she ends up from that point of she picks out that arm, she starts to dominate. Um, Rhea ends up getting her ear busted at some point. It wasn't like a ruptured eardrum. It was more like one of her mini piercings in her ears, like got ripped or something. And she starts, mm-hmm. starts bleeding. Um, as she, as she fights up, um, or fights back and gets control of the match, she, re- she, she reaches for her ear and finds the bleeding and like wipes it across her face. Like, uh, almost like, um, football, uh, eye black. It was cool. 
Um, so ultimately, um, EO ends up slapping, I'm sorry, Rhea ends up slapping EO in, um, the prism, you know, her big, her, you know, her inverted, uh, Texas Cloverleaf deal. Um, and EO makes the ropes as Rhea is trying to slap it on, but can't slap it on that well because her arms jacked up. Um, go through a couple, a minute later in the match. Uh, she's about to hit her in the riptide, but EO escapes and slaps and hits a spike DDT out of it. Um, EO ends up twice getting an arm bar. Uh, Rhea makes the ropes. And then after she gets up, after climbing out through the ropes, EO hits the other ropes, comes charging through the ropes, hits, hits sunset flips over, gets, gets Rhea and then sprints once she gets her foot feeding and power bombs her onto the table. The table just explodes. Um, Rhea, um, just barely beats the 10 count. And the second she gets through them ropes, EO was all, was down in the corner. The second she gets through them ropes, EO jumps up, gets to the top turnbuckle and, uh, hits the moonsault on, on Rhea's back and pins her. Great match. Um, after, so they replay all the stuff. Um, and then, um, Rhea, uh, shakes EO's hand. They hug. It's, it, to me, it seemed as if, like, this was a write off for Rhea. Like, she's going to the main roster. Um, so, I don't know. But, uh, that's the way it seemed. Um, and I imagine, like, what, basically for me, I thought that, Either they're writing her off, or and or her final thing will be women's war games, and it'll be you know those two plus Tony plus Ember versus the Heels or whatever else. And you can always shoot you know an angle where Rhea, where Rhea turns on EO in the middle of the match or whatever else. But um, it could be a call up. I don't know. Um, so after this, we end up getting. Um, Finn Balor comes to the ring first time we've seen him since, um, or in NXT live since he ended up, uh, getting his jaw broken last takeover. Um, he talks for like two seconds and then out comes McAfee goon. Um, they interrupt him. Uh, they put themselves over McAfee is even more annoying than normal. Um, it's almost like he's like doing like a rock cover, but like he's trying to make us not realize it's the rock. Um, it, but whatever. Um, ultimately he buries on this. He, he talks about how tough they are. Talks about how they're the four, the greatest format faction ever. This is, you know, Lorcan and Burch are the greatest tag team ever. Um, you, you should have seen us. We've been, we, you know, you say that you watch that the business watches you. You don't watch the business well. I know you've been watching. How we've been dominating NXT the last few weeks. <laughs> he says. He says. Uh, uh, the big hairy bastard dead. Drake Maverick dead. The undisputed all dead, 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 dead. Um. So then, Finn Balor grabs the mic and says some some line about. The big cat is back or something about a cat. And I was like, what the fuck? Whatever. Long story short, he says, I, 
I got a trick up my sleeve. Lights go black. Undisputed comes out. They beat the shit out of Maggie Figoon. Uh, Adam Cole pump kicks up McAfee in the face and lays him out. And then they go black. That was NXT. Man, so Finn Balor sounded like he's not ready to wrestle. At all. Still. Um, nope. Rhea he, Ripley, they, they finished her off for good. Maybe. Probably. Like, what a year. Oh man! Uh, remember last year when she won the belt? Yeah, and it was like one of the best moments of the year in wrestling. Yeah, I do. Um, the only thing that she's had, the only thing that she's had to keep her warm at night is these good ass matches. But the, but the system has failed her. Yeah, yeah, man. What and you know, maybe she'll get to beat Charlotte. Yeah. Even then, check this out. Look, the ship has sailed already. It does not matter. Right. (laughs) Like another part about it is like, I see Survivor Series. I see Lacey Evans in there. Yeah. Like what the fuck? Like Rhea Ripley is awesome. She's awesome. And y'all went with that as opposed like y'all went the MAGA gimmick, and the shit didn't work. It immediately flopped and, because look, because no I one would, gives a fuck in two thousand in two thousand eighteen nineteen twenty about some gimmick if the person ultimately when it comes down to it can't get it done in the ring and she's not even close to getting it done in the ring. Also, so it don't like, matter. That maggot shit is out of here. So like it's like her gimmick like is almost like it's in the past already. Um. Well, you got to remember the demographics well, I mean, in yeah. of the fan base. So that's what they yeah, were placated like it, to. And like the thing is like even they they don't care because ultimately they know the goods ain't there in the ring and that's yeah, what people nah. are watching this shit for mostly that are young anyway. So Lacey is thirty years old and this goes back to what I was talking about last week with NXT. Like you don't want to leave women in NXT too long. It's a cosmetic thing. I feel like. So, um. This is where we are, where we are. Yeah. So it's a cosmetic thing. Meanwhile, like the fiend's a top star. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, by the way, I didn't mention this on um during the broadcast. Braun Strowman. Braun Strowman is either. Fuck it, I'm gonna say it. I think he got his body done. I think he went to Mr. Miami. Or Dr. Miami. He's, he's been working out and dieting like crazy. Yes, he has. But I also uh, see what his midsection looks like and what the skin around his midsection looks like. And it looks like he got his body done. Mm, maybe. It's like he got hit with two of them things. Oh, you saw it. Bap, bap. <laughs> um, no shade. Like, you know, he looks great. He looks great. But, um, and I also, he's like. In better shape than any time he's been in his career. Yes. He looks, he's, his physique, like, he's leaned out. He is, he's leaner than he's ever looked. So it's not just all that, but, like, it, all I'm saying is, like, he's had gotten some help. That's all I'm saying. Um, I don't, I don't necessarily think he even needed the help, but he wouldn't, but I think he got him some help. But he look, you know, that's the best physique I've ever seen him have. Um, but yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's, anything else I had, Rich? Um, so war games is on deck for NXT for the six, like after for the uh, six. 
Yo. The uh, the Game of Thrones title they threw out for Dynamite. I forgot what it's called. Winter, Winter is, is coming. coming. Winter is coming. Really yeah, right, right. Yeah. Um, nothing really. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, hmm. I All guess right, that's then. it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What a long show. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so that's in the show. Be sure to raise whatever app you're using to listen to this with. Um, oh, before that. So this week, Swerve's album is coming out. Um, the Swerve City GPS album. I produced 10 beats on there. Make sure y'all check it out. It drops on Thanksgiving Day. So, um, when you're able to sneak away for a moment, uh, load it up, hit the streams, buy it if you want. Help brother out. <laughs> Spread the word. Okay. Um, so yeah, you know, I, you've been working on this for months now, right? Months. Yeah. Yeah. I got like a couple features on there. I got, so we got a solo song on there, a song called Nervous. I think I'm going to do a beat breakdown for it um, sometime this week. So look out for it. Got some dope stuff coming. Yeah, definitely. And um, once it's up, we'll put the link of it in the description. Um, yep. But, yeah, that's in the show. Be sure to raise some more app you're using listen to this with. Um, tell the folks about the Social Suplex Podcast Network. Uh, go to prowrestlingtees.com slash social suplex and pick up some official social suplex podcast network merchandise. Um, also be sure to hey, check out the, the other- time too, also because they got the Black Friday sales coming. That's right. And all that and the holiday season coming. So, you know, unless you're in Australia, you know, cause I, I heard one nation means something different out there. <laughs> what up, Joe? What up, Sam? Um, yeah, you know, go, go ahead and get you some one nation stuff. Right, right. Um, also be sure to check out the other shows on the network. Um, on Sundays and Mondays we have this show, One Nation Radio. On Tuesdays, for now, we have Keeping It Strong Style. On Wednesdays, we have the Rick and Clyde Wrestling Show, Wrestling Podcast. Um, every other Wednesday we have Gorman Watches Shit. On Thursdays we have the Grave Consequences Podcast. On Fridays we have Eight Bit Suplex, and on Saturdays we have All Things Elite. Thanks for listening, y'all. <laughs> Bianca, Rich is showing me a picture on camera of uh. Bianca Belair with The Undertaker. That seems incongruous. Yeah. Uh, anyway, later, y'all. Peace.